Welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports, and last week we had some technical issues, but we've got all that ironed out, so we shouldn't have that issue uh, moving forward. We're glad that you're choosing to join us for another episode of bringing you local college, pro sports, everything, you name it, we got it here from a local perspective, and uh, we're just excited about this. It's me, it's uh, Adrian, as always, and we're, we're ready to break down some football uh, at every level. And, I mean, what another great week of high school football here in East Texas. Man, it's been an entertaining week for us, man. Um, like I said, last week we had some te- technical difficulties. Um, but we covered two games this past week, man, mm-hmm. or last week. Uh, Thursday night uh, uh, and then Friday night. And so, like I guess it's been very entertaining uh, score scoring-wise. You know, teams around the area. Um and we just seen some great football playing. I mean, hard nose, good hitting, uh, great offense uh, football. Um, and I'm very excited for Texas football this season because for one, you know, we're getting to see it from a different view, different angles. Um, well, I am at least. You've 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 been there before um, on the sideline, of course. Right. But you know, and. Um, it, it's it's for me. It's been a journey. It's been an experience, and I am loving it so far. But man, I'm excited for the season because now we're getting to see okay what these teams have to offer. We know we've seen you know out of week one, everybody was just kind of really getting their feet wet. Now you know coming out of week two, uh, you kind of see you're kind of getting to see okay who's gonna who's really starting to scratch the surface. Well, you know? well week week two, um, you start seeing the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not even talking about just in terms of wins and losses. I mean, you want to win those ball games, of course. But I, I'm saying even from a talent perspective, by week two, you kind of know if that team's got any potential whatsoever or if they're going to be one of those teams that, hey, they're, they might eke out a win here or there throughout the season, but they're not going to win consistently. And week two kind of gives you that, that viewpoint yeah. of, I mean, who's got a chance and who doesn't. Uh, and and we definitely saw that this week a little bit. So let, let's dive right in. So the first game we covered was Thursday night. It was the East Texas game of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for KYKX 105.7. Uh, and so didn't get to go through all of the normal things. I mean, they, they did the presentation, which is always great, between KYKX and the, the student athlete of the week. And they give them a scholarship for their college. And all of that's nice. But it was kind of thrown off due to rain, lightning, all that mess. But we did finally get about 8 o'clock, got to play some football. Yeah. And Dangerfield comes out of that game victorious 48-35. Now, this is one of those games that the score was closer than the ball game. Uh, Dangerfield dominated for most of the ball game. They are clearly they, they were clearly the more athletic team. Uh, they were faster. All of those things. Tatum, on the other hand, is going to be very good. They, they, yeah. I still think they have a very good chance of winning that district that they're in. Uh, just looking at you know some of the teams that they're going to be up against, I, I think they have a very good chance to win that district. And, and you can see the makings of a program where, right. where Coach Keeling is starting to instill his philosophies, his way of doing things. They, they certainly had a great game against center the week before, 44 to to 42, losing in quadruple overtime. And, and let me add this, because I was thinking about this as I'm watching that game, especially towards the end. 
as the game went on with Tatum, that takes a lot out of a team, especially a bunch of high school boys. I mean, you're at the where where you know you're in quadruple overtime. Everything, everybody's on pins and needles every play at that point. Yeah. You know, and so there's a lot of highs and lows that come with that, and then to we're gonna win, then no, we're not. We're gonna win, and no, we're you know, and, and it's that constant back and forth. And they did that four different times in that ball game. They were on the football field that night for over four hours. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's a long ball game, and then you've got to turn around it on a short week, mind you, yeah. and play a very talented Dangerfield Tiger team uh, that is. In my mind, after seeing them looking around, they're head and shoulders above everybody else in 3A Division Two as far as athleticism goes. Uh, and so you got to turn around. So I thought that they did a very good job of keeping that game manageable. You know, they, right, they kept right. themselves in the ball game. But as far as just looking at Nashville, they're very athletic. Uh, they have Jakeevian Rogers, who is a UTSA prospect. You have uh, uh, Aaron Hampton, who is a Texas uh, commit. Yeah, UT Texas commit. I, the quarterback's very good. I mean, yeah, you've got uh, athletes all over the field right. in Dangerfield. Um, Dangerfield looks to be set for the next two years, especially under that quarterback. Because, you know, they did exactly, they covered exactly everything that I said they should cover and uh, improve in. Mm-hmm. So they improved on the quarterback, definitely uh, improved. And, of course, you know, we don't, we got to see him last year uh, for a short period of time in the – West Russ playoff game and then the Wascom, Wascom game and but he he was a freshman and he's a sophomore this year. Um, it seems that he's got the jitters you know cleaned out of him. He's uh, more poised. He's you know thinking quicker, better. He's more on target. You know, and so and, and you know to see Dangerfield improve, they've improved on defense. That was the most impressive. That was especially watching them against that flex bone. Right. Because, you know, that's the same system that you'd seen them play uh, Wascom, you know, two years in a row in the playoffs. That knocks them out. Right. And, and, and Dangerfield traditionally has had problems over the last 10 years um, with teams that lined up and ran the football at them. I mean, they, they just have that. They, they've had problems. Um, you know, under Coach. Uh, and I'll think of his name here in a second, that uh, Bowman, Barry Bowman, Bowman yeah. they did a very good job of de- defending against that. And, I mean, because he comes from a defensive background, so he instilled that toughness of, hey, I don't care what we're doing, we're going to line up, we're going to you know, hit hard, play hard. And then over the past ten years, they've had some coaches that didn't share some of those same type philosophies for whatever reason, maybe it was their background or, or whatever the case may have been. And you saw where if a, a, a football team would just line up and, and do what they had to do. Yeah, you you had a chance to win that ball game. Watching them this year, that's not necessarily the case. They're going to get some stops. Right. Uh, they're not going to let you blow them off the ball. Well, it's because you know, then with with Bowman, you know, it's like he he highlighted on the run. You know, yes. his front, his defensive front were big, mm-hmm. uh, fast. You know, hefty guys, and so it was hard to run against that kind of Dangerfield defense. But you know, then after he left, I don't, I can't remember who the coach was. Coach Eric Sardinia. Okay, so and then you had him, but I believe then Dangerfield were more focused on uh, the run than they were, or not the run. They were more focused on the pass because you've seen a lot of uh, good cornerbacks come out of that, you know, those teams. 
Yeah. Yeah, they were really good. It was hard to pass against Dangerfield uh, in those years. Even in 2013 when they went to state. Or 2012 when they went, last time they went to state. Yes. Um, that team had really good, uh, a very good secondary. You know, with Ruben mm-hmm. Mims, uh, Edwin Mims, um, KD Hooks. These guys, I mean, it was just hard. Mm-hmm. So that's what they focus on more. But to see what we saw uh, fr- uh, Thursday night, man, they were... Tatum couldn't get anything hardly around the edge because Dangerfield was just so fast in the backfield. Right. I mean... That pitch play wasn't yeah, there the, pitch the or way the, that we were used yeah, to seeing. Or the jet. I mean, it yeah. was just... And, and Tatum struggled. And the thing with that flex bone is, for that to beat you all night long... For, for the passing lanes to be open, for the dive to be open, or the yeah. trap to be open, that sweep uh, and the pitch play has to be there. At right. some point, that flexible offense has got to be able to dictate the edges to the defense. Right. Because that allows you you know them then to pick on the matchups through a soft middle because you're trying to contain the edge. But when Dangerfield came out and dictated that you're not going to control the edges tonight and we don't have to do anything outside of our philosophy right. to stop you, that puts that offense, and it's a very good offensive system, by the way. I'm not knocking the flexible offense. Well, but it's just like any other. You have things that have to be there for it, for it to be successful. And when a team can take that away, now you've kind of narrowed down some of the things you can do on the back side. Right. Um, and we see where Tatum, you know, they passed the ball some, mm-hmm. uh, and have a great quarterback, and it, that was successful in some plays. But what I've seen, if we take the past two years where that kind of offense beat Dangerfield down, mm-hmm. especially around the edge, where it just, you know, and we take Thursday night, you can clearly see the discipline, mm-hmm. uh, the growth. I mean, I, I was I was impressed. You know, as I, you know, I like to say, I like to see a good de- defensive front, and Dangerfield did not disappoint me because I was looking forward to say, okay, how are they going to stop this same offense that has beat them out of the playoff for the last two years? Mm, I was eager to see that. I thought that was the storyline yeah. coming yeah. into the ball game, but that that showed me that they're everything that I kind of thought they had the potential mm-hmm. to be coming into the year. And <laughs> I mean, you know, anything can happen on any given week here in uh, East Texas. But they're going to be very hard for anybody to beat, they, especially they, they, at the 3A Division two yeah, level. They, they, I do, I do not kid or sugarcoat anything when I say this. They are fast, very fast. They, they are fast, man. I'm telling you. I mean, and athletic because you have some people who are just fast but not athletic. But these kids, these man, I, I mean, they're fast on the edge. They're they're athletic enough to break tackles, make you miss, and get down the field and just blow you away. I thought this was the most talented Dangerfield team I've seen since the while. last yeah. state team, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, that won it. Yeah. Uh, as far as just being overall, because even the last time they went to state, that team had a couple holes where you yeah. got, Here, it looks like... Especially at quarterback. Yeah. Yes. And here, it you don't have that. There, no. There's no point where I go, okay, that's a weakness on this football team. Right now, until somebody exploits that weakness, uh, there, there isn't which one. Is, I mean, yeah, whichever you know. it may be, but... <laughs> And another thing, their offensive line has gotten better. Did a very better. good job, yes. And, and man, and so with the offense, uh, offensive line uh, doing better, they had their running game struggled a little bit, but it is what it is. Uh, I, I believe have they a would, couple big runs, yeah. You know. um, but they have a 
I mean, the running back, he's a tough, man, tough mm-hmm. guy. I mean, but Dangerfield has improved since the last two years we've seen them play. Yes. And, and, and it was a big step forward for the young quarterback yeah. to be able to say, okay, now I can, I'm comfortable in this. Yeah. I can run the offense. You know, he, he didn't panic. There was a couple times that Tatum was able to do some things. Oh, yeah, man. And, and he didn't panic. You know, he made the plays. Yeah, and he, he stayed calm, cool, and collected, man. Big ups to that, that kid. I can't think of his name. We'll get it this week when we get, you know, we'll we'll cover. Uh, uh, them again against Timpson. Yeah, we'll talk about but that. Uh, we'll get his name for you guys so, so y'all can, you know, follow him or whatever. Uh, but, man, it's. I, I am overall impressed with Dangerfield, and I look forward to seeing where they go. Um, but And Tatum. I mean, Tatum didn't play a bad game. Like I said, it's hard to stop a team that's fast and athletic as Dangerfield is. Uh, but Tatum, you know, Tatum did very good. I think Tatum have a pro, has a program. Coach Keeling has came in and um, instilled something very quickly, uh, which is hard for a, a head coach to do, at, you know, given the time period that he, he came in. Uh, Chase Johnson. Chase Johnson. Yes, that's that kid's Danger. Name. Yeah, okay, that's the quarterback's name. Dangerfield is Chase Johnson. You know, man, keep your eyes on him. Um, you know, follow him. You know, because this kid has just a he has yeah, just a sophomore has a lot to offer and a lot to bring to Dangerfield along with some other players on that team. Um, but oh, and Aaron Hampton's only a junior, so you know yeah. he'll. Uh, He'll be back, I think. Now, Jakevian is a senior, you know, the, yeah. the other kid. But still, you look at that team, and, and they've got the, what it takes to make some yeah. runs. Uh, but I agree with you. Nothing bad to say about Tatum. No. I think that they're going to be fine. I definitely think they have a, the potential to win that district, make some noise in the playoffs, yeah. and, and start to reinstill what is expected out of Tatum. I right. mean, you know, that's a, a you, town where you expect to win. Yeah, because you have to remember, Tatum is a powerhouse as well. Yes. You know they had a few, a couple of down years, but hey, they're back at it and and in a new offense. So, and I, I expect a defense, new defense mm-hmm. as well, a whole new team, a whole new coaching uh, philosophy they're in right now. And you know you you can't ex- exclude uh, Tatum out of anything because Tatum have, has also always been a uh, force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the the second game we covered. <laughs> uh, not near as competitive. I, I'm just going to be honest. Not even close. Uh, and that was Carthage High School uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And and, and I'll, let me start off by saying this: If you've never seen Carthage, they're exactly oh. what you think they are. You heard Dennis? What was his name? Dennis Green? Was it Dennis Green from yeah. the Carolina? Uh, not the Carolina. The uh, Arizona Cardinals. That. Uh-huh. Press conference, they are who we thought they were. Yes. Carthage is every living thing that people or you could ever think of. They are that team. Whatever you conjure up in your brain, that is Carthage High yes. School. Yes, yes. Uh, and they they handedly won that game 51-22. That's yeah. another game where that, okay, the 22 points come against the their third, third fourth, fourth stream. Yeah. Uh, but Carthage dominated. They could do whatever they wanted offensively. It, it, it was like watching a clinic. I mean, they put on a clinic. I say they, they gave Pittsburgh everything they wanted and everything they needed. And everything they couldn't handle. Yeah. I, Pittsburgh got a, a, a full helping of, of Carthage. And this is the impressive thing about Carthage. 
I watched that quarterback as he snapped the ball. And I remember you telling me this a couple of years ago that Surratt has it where their quarterbacks cannot hold on to the ball no more than five seconds. Yeah, and that's that's at the length, but then he wants them to cut it down to about three seconds. Yes, yeah. and yeah. but if you and I have this on video, but there's such a such a disciplined team that when that ball was hiked, the receivers were exactly where they needed to be, and he got the ball to them. Yeah, um, and, and man, I'm telling you, it was impressive. And that kid's well, he's only a sophomore. Yes, Carthage is Carthage. And I tell players this. Or he may be a junior. He's a sophomore or, junior. Still, yeah. Young either kid. way, yeah. But I tell I tell players this and people this all the time. Carthage is Carthage. It's just like you know you just said. Whatever you can conjure up in your mind that you want to think about them or who they may be, they are that team. Yeah. And and you know I give you know Coach Surratt his props, man. He's coached. He's coaching a heck of a of a. Program right and now, he has man. developed such a professional program. I mean, from the time that they step off the bus to the time they they yeah. get back on it. I mean, they're very, very professional. Very, yeah. Uh, they had the one. I mean, they had the one kid who gets the unsportsmanlike for talking back, and Coach Strap immediately pulls him off. Yeah, you know, reprimands him. He didn't make it back into the game. He didn't put up with it. Right. He wants them to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Go and win the ball game, but keep your mouth shut. And move on to next right. week. And they are, and man, I say, you know, you get a lot of teams who are good, and and they have that cockiness to them, and mild badminton. Carthage was not that. They're the difference between that strong confidence and that arrogance, um, and the way that they carry themselves. I mean, it's just very, very impressive. Uh, yeah, and man. I, they have gained a new respect from me because they didn't do that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And they had every opportunity. Yeah. Oh, they had a very, a very large amount of opportunity to, to you know, just dog out and talk bad on people, but they didn't. They played their game, and they did what they came to do and went on home. Uh, but on, on Pittsburgh's side of the ball, on, on the side okay, of the Okay, there field, was two notes I made. Tackle. Yeah. They can't tackle. And number two, play smart. They yeah. couldn't do that. I, I'm sorry, and, and I hate to say this because I love Coach Abram. I do. Very much respect for that man. Very very high respect for his football IQ um, and, and who he is as a person, his character. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell him, not many wins on that schedule. Uh, just not. Uh, th- this is not the year. Uh, that you know that this may be a year where they're in some ball games. I'm not going to say that they're going to get blown out like that every week. In fact, I think they have an opportunity this week to be in that ball game. I don't think they're I, unless something changes. I don't think they're going to beat well, Tatum, but I think they're in that ball game. Um, but there's not a whole lot of wins on that schedule. Well, this is this is what I say because I have to. My Saturdays are made for thinking. Yeah, after Friday <laughs> nights. You know, because I, I I tend to say a lot on Friday nights during the game, and on Saturday I think about what I said. I re- overthink the game or rethink the game and mm-hmm. break well, it I had down. To process what I saw Friday yeah. night because Friday night, boy, it looked like Jackson it, it was, came into town and yeah. butchered people. But I say this about Pittsburgh because that's my alma mater, and it's not and and not just say it's a, it's a hometown thing. But I say this because I will have to disagree. And I say that to say this, because if you take what they did against my Pleasant, you had five, six fumbles against Carthage. Hold on, against Carthage, a very good Carthage team. 
You had one fumble. The difference is the quarterback position. I don't think you're going to have that many turnovers. I, I agree with that. That's what kept that ball game the Man. way that it was. But having said that, they're not talented. They can't tackle. No, they are. Okay, but hold on. They but, can't tackle. But, but hold on. I don't care who they play. But hold on. But you're saying that against players who, I mean, you can't say they're talentless. Because to say they're talentless. I'm not saying they're completely talentless. I'm saying they're they, not as talented as the people that are on their schedule. Outside of possibly Spring Hill, and and you, you know they're more talented than North Lamar. God bless you, North Lamar, if you're listening to this. We feel sorry for you. <laughs> but the, I don't – and, we're, and I, I'm going to say they have the potential probably to be more talented than Liberty Island. I haven't seen film on them. We're going to have to wait and see how that shakes out. But you know – I right, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. They don't have the talent to spit on the field of Gilmer right now. They don't have – and, and and possibly, I, I would go. I would venture to say that as of today, I'm not saying they'll be like this when they play them. I'm saying as of today, they're probably not as talented as Pleasant Grove. But not to say that they can't improve going into that ball game because Pleasant Grove, we're going to talk about that in a second. They got blown out by Bird High School out of Bird, Louisiana. But I'm not saying you're completely talentless. I'm saying that as a team. They are, at this point, unable to do what they're going to have to do to win big games. That's why I want to see how they respond, see what they do this week. I don't think they're going to win that ball game, But I think if you keep it close, you set yourself up for for down the road, you know, to be able to look at that and say we have a chance. We have to look at, there's a bigger picture that's being painted with Pittsburgh. Yes, it's a talent Because, you know, I won't say Pittsburgh has more talent than what they did last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that strongly. Oh yeah, because no one Pittsburgh had last year, and you know, how well they played, you know, towards the end of the season. Uh, even some in the, in, in the beginning of the season, even when they were losing, but they have more talent. I think, and I believe, it's nothing physical. It's nothing physical that they outside can't outside the tackling. They can't the, tackle. The thing, okay, their tackling form is terrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, that can be improved. But what I'm talking about is I'm not talking about physical, but I'm talking about mentally. You take last year's team, they were they didn't become mentally stable until later on into the season. This team has done it from the beginning. Now, we know on the field, you know, they had some frustrations. Of course, you're going to have frustrations when you get kicked around like that. <laughs> but mentally, that team they're they're more mentally stable. They're more support, uh, supporting of each other. And the thing about about that is, once you build a mentality, everything else follows. I think Pittsburgh will be okay. I believe they will be okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to down them. I, I, won't, I won't say, oh, they're just going to have a horrible season or no, because I believe that they will be okay. I think a misconception of what people are looking at is saying, okay, how in the world is this going to work? Well, you got to look at who they played. They didn't play just some jack school that said, okay, we're just going to place them on a schedule. No, they played a state-ranked Carthage team. But I, but see, they bit off more than they could chew. Well, okay, that but that's good. what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to next. They, they're and not. I, but that's good. what. But hold on, that's what I'm getting to next. They're, now we're turning to skipping no, Shannon, baby. No, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting to next. Is you got to remember what Coach uh, Abram said after the game. He said he didn't, no matter what the score looks like, 
But this, I believe, and this this is exactly what happened, is they got exposed. They, they got it. Well, they, they, they got they got exposed to the fullest. That's what I'm saying. They didn't just get exposed. I mean, they got exposed to the maximum. Yeah, ability. that's what, and and what's why is that? Why that's okay is because now you know we're not. And I told you some of them, Pittsburgh have good players, but it's not that they can't perform. It's that that they think up here mentally that they are better than what they are, and it's not to say. That they aren't good, but you have to die down some of that cockiness. You have to die down that arrogance. You have to break that down and really assess, okay, where are we and where can we really get better other than saying we're already this when you're not. Pittsburgh has that. And so with Carthage running through them the way that they did, that mentality, now you can say, man, we got our butts kicked. I was going to say another word. But we got <laughs> our friendly yeah, show. Yeah, we got our, our butts handed to us. We're not as good as what we think we are. We can dial that down. Now let's come back and let's come together and see what do we need to work on. We need to work on tackling. We need to work on breaking down. We need to work on being disciplined on defense. Um, the offensive line, I, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, blocking, but how do you block a, a defensive line like that? But, I mean, but How do you block any? I, I, this goes back. There are certain things that I was always taught you can't coach. You can't coach size, and you can't coach that that dog mentality. Either a kid's got it or, or they don't. And right now, they don't have the size to block a whole lot of people, and and they're lacking that ta- the, the mentality on the tackling part. I agree. You can coach a kid all day long on form tackling, implementing that, but it's his choice whether or not. I, I think a realistic view for Pittsburgh this year, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, a realistic view is go three and seven, get into the playoffs. Okay, but hold on, and, and win a couple playoffs. Because games. hold on, hold on. Because I think you can beat. But Michael but, but hold on. They didn't have the size last year. They had better size on the offensive line. Oh last no, year no, they, they didn't. Yeah, they no, did. they, they did. did. No, hold on. They only had no, one. They only no, 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 no. Listen. They only had one, and that was Stevie. That I was one. Everybody else came back. I terribly disagree no, with you on that. No, because Riley. The, the, no. the offensive line last year was ten times better than the offensive No, but you talk, we're, not talking about, we're not talking about better. You said size. Size-wise, they're smaller. They're yeah, small. but, but he, he that's what I'm smaller. talking about. You No. Yeah, you said, all, that's no. his choice. He chose to, to deploy no, his it, offensive because line. Because that's what I'm saying. You're saying they're not there. They are. It's small. the same offensive line minus no. the center they had. Yes, it is because you have Keldrick, you have number fifty three, you have number fifty four. I'm not going to say he, their names. He moved guys around though. But he it's the did. same offense minus one. He depleted his offense. It's the same line. offense minus one. Pittsburgh, you're going three and seven. You're not very good. They won't go three and All seven. Right. So it's Mount the same Vernon, offense Mount minus Vernon, one. Yeah, but they're not good. So we'll we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Uh, you've got Mount Vernon and. Gladewater, Mount Vernon blows out Gladewater 62-7. to If you're Gladewater, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you're not winning your district. You're going to lose to Tatum. I don't know who you're going to beat. Um, long year over there. Uh, Liberty Ilo beats Paris 28 nothing. Paris isn't very good. I, I, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I think it says more about Paris than it does Liberty Ilo. To me, it, it's hard to gauge Liberty Island at this point 
That's why I'm saying I, I'm giving P- Pittsburgh the benefit of the doubt. But if Liberty Allo's any good, you may go two and eight. I, you know, maybe. I it, it depends on Liberty Allo, and we still don't really know about Spring Hill. I mean, they got manhandled by center sixty three to six. But I, I, I just I, that's why I don't put a whole lot of uh, that. I think that district you've got your top what should be. Even though Pleasant Grove, uh, like I said, they they lost their game to Bird Louisiana thirty four to seven. I still think it's until somebody proves different and knocks somebody off. You have your clear top twos, and then I think the rest of that district's up for grabs because I don't think that Pittsburgh's better than Spring Hill or Liberty Allo, or that Liberty Allo's better than the other two, or that Spring Hill's better than any. I, I don't know that they're better than each other. Other than somebody's gonna have to win that ball game, and somebody's gonna have to lose. But on paper, I don't think either any of them's better than the other. I think those could be very good competitive football games. You know, that's up for grabs at the end of the year, and so, and two people get a playoff spot out of the deal. You know, you you, you have your haves and your have-nots in that district. It just is what it is. Um, but if you're Paris, I don't know where your win's coming from because you know I. I don't know what your schedule looks like there, but uh, could be a long year over there. Uh, let's see. Looking at the rest of it, we've already talked about Pleasant Grove and Bird, Louisiana. Uh, Pleasant Grove may be coming back to earth, but again, until somebody knocks them off in district, I, you know, I think uh, they're probably second you know, um, in that district. Then you've got center demolishing Spring Hill. I think that says more about Spring Hill than it does center, really. You know, about some inconsistencies. They come off the big win over Sabine, but they're still trying to learn that offensive system. Uh, the pistol flex bone. Who the uh, heck is Sabine? Sabine? Scabine, as we like to call them. Yeah. It's a little 3A Division One team. I can't say that on <laughs> but uh, uh but that was a rivalry game. They come off of that win and then get demolished by center who comes off that very close ball game against Tatum from the week before. Uh Gilmer's being Gilmer, they did they, you know, dismantle Kilgore forty to twenty six in what was a runaway game in the second half. Uh very talented. I you know, I, I think the I think the team that could beat them out in the region is going to be Carthage, and if there's a team in the region that might could compete with Carthage at this point, I would say it's Gilmer. I, I think it's their region to lose, uh, just based off of what we've seen. Yeah. I, that, that's okay. And and, and let me I, let me go back and say this about Pittsburgh. And I love again, I love Coach Abram. I, I I'm just a realist, and I think that at some point you've got to be willing to admit what you are and what you're not. And and you're going to have to reset expectations over there. Because if if the expectation was we're we're in the running for the region, you're not. You you you're not you're not within 30 points of the region. Um I, you know, he proved that Friday night you, you you're not that that ball game's not even close. You got one other team that might can shoot it out with Carthage. You know, I you know I don't know that Gilbert's going to stop them, but you you know they might could shoot it out and see who wins that game. But the danger of doing what 
what what they've done there and that you've scheduled somebody like that. Now those boys look and they go, we're not even close. I I disagree with that again. I, I disagree because if you've ever been in a locker room, you it would because be because they okay, but you you could you could say that, but it's you could say okay, we're not close, but you have to look at it on at a, a different perspective. You can't you should, yeah. because you have to look at all that game knows that they're not they're that, not, okay. You can say that, but here's the thing: the, you. You take everybody else. You take a team. That's why I said Carthage is like well, they're ten, king. Yeah, yes. they're ten steps up above everybody else. It's them, and then it's everybody else. You may have Gilmore somewhere in the middle, but you take that and you say, "Okay, we got our butt handed to us by Carthage." Not even close. Yeah. It, okay, and you you then you say, "Okay, now you go up against a team like Gilmer." By the time they get to Gilmer, you can't say whether it's yay or nay because you don't know how they will progress. And that's the last game of the season other than heading into playoffs. Uh, Okay, for them to be even a two-touchdown differential. But you have to think. You're you're saying think realistically. You have to look at the talent. They have the talent. No, I I severely. They have the talent. I severely. I don't know. Okay, I don't know if you're thinking about the defensive line or the offensive line. Now, the defensive line was bigger than what it is this year. They had some big guys. I'm just talking about as a team. They don't have the talent. I severely. Okay, then you take. Okay, how? But how can you say that? If you can, you can't say they don't have the talent. What are you? Okay, you saying they don't have talent at all? Or no, I'm not saying they have talent at all. I'm saying that there's talent and there's talent. Some teams are talented enough to win ball games, close ball games. That that at the end of the game, hey, we can eke out a win. We can beat. That's why I'm giving them the possibility to beat Tatum this week because I think they have the talent that in a you know close ball game they've got players who can make plays. You have the the uh, Jalen Holloways who can who can make some plays sometimes at the end of the ball game. You have uh, Cam uh, who if he's okay, back, but you also have but you also have. Marcus Moten. You also have Twan Thompson. You also we're have. They're not very. T- yes, they are. No, they're the not. The only reason why Twan didn't get moved up is because he was on. He had to. Ha- you have to think about who these kids are. You have to think about what they needed okay, and what was needed. Okay. What? And Jalen only got moved. The, but you, the, but you but got. You're looking at from the kids. I'm looking at from Texas high school football. Okay. It's not about the kids. Listen. This is about not who they are as people, not who. I'm telling you, they are not. Anybody who's seen them knows that they're not on that level. They're just not. It, it just, and I hate it. I hate it for Pittsburgh. I had that high expectations for them. They're not going to beat them. They're not winning the region. They they do have the potential to to build. They they you know if if it's but, not okay. building a program. But this is this is what I'm saying. You don't know these kids. I've I've known these. Okay, kids. but see that's your problem. But it's okay. no. But this is what I'm saying for, for the listeners out there. We we have both. And now Adrian's known these kids for a long time. But that's what I'm saying. You got to separate the people. From it's the not people. just personal. It's yeah, not just. This is but no. Personal. But it's not just personal. It's personal because it's what I know. It's factual, not just what but I've I, seen. But I'm telling you from a football perspective. On a grading sheet, there's not a coach in Texas that looks at them and shakes in their boots at all. Nobody's afraid to play them. 
Nobody. They, I mean, North Lamar, maybe, because they're just not any good. Okay, so... But well, nobody no, left on the schedule. So, okay, what great. changed last year? What was different from last year to make you, coaches shaking their boots? You, because you saw where they had some, some areas... They had BB. They, they had... <laughs> exactly, they had BB. That's they, one person. But you don't understand how coaches evaluate teams. I'm telling you right now, the, from what they had on film... Whether now I didn't think he was very good. There was a lot of coaches that didn't think he was very good, but he had potential to make plays. You had Christian Bates, who who uh, you know was very overrated coming to the year. I didn't understand the whole hype about him, but he could make plays. You had some guys there, and you had guys there that wanted, as the season progressed, they wanted very very badly to get that chip off their shoulder. They they knew what it was to get just. Dogs, you know, stopped every single Friday night. They they went in danger of only winning one game their entire time or two games. Their so do you okay? Entire time on it's Morris the same. Day. Okay, so no, it's not the same this year. You, now why is it not have, the same? Because even by Coach Abrams' own mouth, he came into the year with some guys who were not hungry. They they were entitled. There's a difference. Hungry players scare coaches. Entitled ones do not. And that's the difference right now with Pittsburgh. I, I don't think they're as talented overall. But having said that, you're looking at it just from the perspective of who you know these kids are and all that. That's, it's not that, just that. Great. Okay, that's great. But you've got to, if you're evaluating Pittsburgh right now, and this is why I say I, I think they have the potential to make the playoffs win a, win a game or two. But, but they're not what they were because you don't have that hungriness to them. They, they, they just don't. Now, I'm not saying you can't get that as the season moves on, but also I am saying that Gilmer's better, in my opinion, after watching them this year than they were last year. But they're you, better. But Carthage is clearly better. Okay. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's because I know them. What I'm saying is, by I know them, it's not that I've just known them since they were kids. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I know how they play. I'm not saying I know them because they're such and such kid. I know. I'm not but, saying but that, but I'm saying play. they I'm, don't play good. They don't play good. Well, you can't. But you can't. You okay? Would you say that about the team last year? At the same exact time, by the second game, we were looking at each other saying. We don't know if this no, is going to work no, out. No, by the second game, I thought that the only time I ever looked at the team last year and thought they may be in trouble just from a talent standpoint or anything was when they just laid down against But it was Miami. the same exact way last year. No, this is different. There's a difference to this team that, that was not there last year. This team is different. It's the not men, the same bunch. The mentality. I think, that, I think you have the potential maybe to grow and, and to do some things maybe next season. And and like that's what I'm saying. I think at this point you have to be realistic and say, okay, we can keep ourselves in some ball games. We can we can go. We can eke out a, a playoff win here, maybe a playoff win there. Okay. And when I say build, this, I'll say not, this, and we're gonna end it right here. If you say that now, you have to say it for the next two two years. Maybe so. I, I don't know, but I I, I don't see that. Yeah, I'm saying because it's gonna be the same exact players. Like if so, say it's for the next be a long years. time for Pittsburgh. Because I, I, I don't see them, unless the other teams just really regress, which I don't see happening, especially in Carthage, I, I think that you're in trouble. I, I think alignment hurt them. I think realignment hurt them. 
Uh, I, I think if you're out of a, if you're in a different region, maybe you got a better chance. But I think the oh, realignment, realignment hurt. hurt them how? Because it put realignment hurt everybody in the region because it put Carthage in it. Uh, up until that point, you didn't play Carthage until you got to the state game. Anything can happen in the state championship game. But but now you've got to face them. You know that week four of the playoffs, barring some weird thing, you know you got to play them. And, and to even get to them, because of the way it's all drawn up, you're going to have to go through Gilmer twice. I, I, the the re, the way that the bracket got set up, I mean, it, it really hurt them and some other very good teams that now they're going to have to go through their district uh, champions twice just to get to Carthage. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, it, different circumstances, maybe you looked at different things. Uh, the last uh, game here, Timpson beat Jefferson 52-29. Timpson's beat uh, Beckville last, last week. Moved up to 3A Division One. beat a team like that. I'm excited to see him play Dangerfield this week. That's who we got. Uh, I'm excited to see that ball game. Uh, I think that's going to be a very exciting ball game with a lot of talent on the field. Gilmer's got Paris. I, I don't see that one being close. Uh, Pleasant Grove plays uh, Midland Christian. You know, I, again, I the, the 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 tough thing with Pleasant Grove is their schedule. Like it, it's hard to tell. They didn't. Uh, they they've got a very unique schedule with who they're playing. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Mount Pleasant versus Liberty Ilo. That's going to be interesting because not that I think. Mount Pleasant's very good, um, but I think they have some good players. I think that has the potential to be a close ball game. Uh, so I, I'm eager to see that one. Spring Hill plays Laywater. I think Spring Hill probably wins that ball game, gets back on track. But again, don't take that game and you know base it and go, oh, Spring Hill's back on track. Laywater's probably going over. You know. <laughs> uh, they're, they're just down. Yeah. They're in a weird, you know, new offensive system that they're having trouble yeah, picking um, up. Well, both of them are. And, and uh, man, I think Spring. Mm, I haven't seen either one of them. Judging off their past, these past two games, I guess you could say. Uh, dang, you can't even say who's better. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, that, that like, uh, that's, could be a toss up. Uh, then Pewitt, God bless them, has to play Mike Vernon. I, you know. Pewitt's best bet in that ball game is going to be hold on the football, run out the clock, get a couple stops, and uh, maybe maybe you go um, and pull out a win, you know, an upset yeah. win. Mount Vernon is uh, a lot better than I expect them to be. Yes. And then I shout out to my brother because uh, he, he sent me a text on his alma mater. Harmony, they play Beckful, so that should be a, a game to watch just because Beckful is still state-ranked even after the demolishing that they took at the hands of Timpson. Uh, college football. Uh, Ohio State beats Notre Dame 21-10. I think that's going to really hurt Notre Dame's chance at the end of the year to have a conversation about making the playoffs. Uh, you know, when you, when the selection committee looks at it, they're looking at the teams you've played. Yeah. 
that's the danger with being a Notre Dame because that's an independent school. So they're not a part of a conference, right? So they can't win a conference championship. So they're getting based solely off of who they play, when they play them, and how they play them. It's not good to, to turn around and lay an egg like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see that game, but Notre Dame, like just like you said, they don't. They're not. It's hard to put them in that talk. Those that talks because they've, to me, they they've had very good seasons, but they played games that made you, where you were like, okay, can they hang in there or be with Alabama, uh, Georgia, um, even uh, LSU? I mean, teams like that, you know. Can they really, you know, match up with them? I mean, you they they rarely ever show if they are able to, or if if and when they're the, able to. Like the one year that they made the playoff, you know, and they got blown out. Yeah, I mean, it, that that's you, that thing. was a good season. That was that was a good year for them. But they, uh, <laughs> but then they they proved, and that's the danger of continuing to stay independent. That's why there's talks of them going to the Big Ten, you know, trying to get into a conference to where they could compete for a conference championship that would give them a better chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, then you had Alabama beating Utah State 55 nothing. Alabama's going to be Alabama. They're they're number one in the country for a reason, uh, and and I would expect nothing different. Uh, Florida beats number seven Utah 29-26. You know, Florida not great. I, I got to watch a little bit of that ball game, but they might upset some folks, make some noise, you know, play some teams – uh, close and, and eke out some wins. You know, Utah had some very talented kids, had the potential uh, to be a very good team this year, but lo and behold, they lose, you know, on the first Saturday of the year. So, so Florida's going to be one of those teams that, hey, watch their ball games, uh, and you might see some growth there, some potential there, uh, you know, to pull out some, some exciting wins or some unexpected wins. Uh, they, they're the kind of team you don't want to play if you're on the bubble for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, like you, you just don't want to do it. Florida has been making, staking their claim for these last, I say, three years, maybe four. And they've been climbing the charts slowly but surely. And so this year they may have a team that can say, hey, we're back to the Florida that everybody wants new. Um, or working closer yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, like I said, they... The team has talent. The team is, um, as a whole, I mean, you see stuff that's like, okay, teams like Miami, uh, FSU. You bunch those, all those teams, those Florida teams together, you look at them, they've been down these last couple of years. Now they're getting and they're climbing back up to where they used to be. That's why, I mean, it's like you said, you can't ever really count Florida teams out. I mean, it's, they're weird like that. They always have that grit about them, you know, that just doesn't quit. So, I, hey, if the Gators got it in them, then. I, I, like I, said, I think they've <laughs> they got the potential to be an upset. If they, got it, if they have it in them, then they're a team to watch the rest of this season. Uh, LSU loses Brian Kelly's debut uh, to Florida State, 24-23. Look, LSU, it... They're gonna have to pull the plug on this Brian Kelly experiment pretty quick, I think. I he, he he doesn't fit them. He doesn't fit the SEC. Yeah. I mean, it, there was a point where a 
LSU player, uh, one of the linebackers, makes a yeah. blatant. Oh, man. Blatant. I mean, textbook blatant targeting penalty against the quarterback. I mean, it's like he stops, he thinks about it, and he launches himself. I mean, Helmet first into the guy's just, into his face, man. And, 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 and Coach Kelly handles it by just kind of saying something. To, it, I, I understand why they hired Coach Kelly. That's a big name. He was kind of looking maybe to leave Notre Dame to, to put his foot, you know, in the test the waters, try something different. I don't see it working. I, I think this is one of those experiments that that fails. You know, there's there's guys like that that they they win those games playing those independent schedules, or they win those games in the smaller conferences, and they go and decide, hey, we're let's go bite off a piece of the SEC, and every week you're playing a team that's very very good across the way. You know, as long as you're playing within the conference. Yeah. Uh, and and he got a taste of it. And I think he's going to continue to get a taste of it. And and, it, and I hate that because, you know, it's good for college football when LSU's good. Like, that's good for college football. Because it sells tickets, it puts fans in the seats, it puts eyes on the television. Mm-hmm. And when they're not very good, when they're down, that's bad. I mean, well, you know, it, it takes some of the steam out of the engine. Yeah, and well, LSU is one of those teams that you look at sort of as completing the SEC because you mm-hmm. have you know Alabama, then you have Georgia, Ole Miss, and then there's LSU, and so they, like you said, if L when LSU isn't good, it's like okay, now I don't know who really watches Ole Miss. I keep up with them. I do because of Lane Kiffin. Yeah, he's like clickbait man. I keep up with Ole Miss. But it just doesn't seem right. LSU, everybody, those four have to be doing somewhat good. It doesn't seem right when one's just doing bad and everybody else is, like, having a great season. It's like, okay, it's like you have the four the four siblings, three or the honorable ones, and you have one that's, like, messing around, like, bro, come on, you know, pick it up. You know? <laughs> are you coming or not? Yeah, like, you're better than what you are. And LSU is that team, might be that team this season. Uh Brian Kelly, the way he may have, you say, you know, bit off more than what he could to, but him leaving Notre Dame in that fashion may have been his, you know, you you say, I guess you say karma because, you know, (laughs) he left, he didn't leave them in a good fashion. He was on the plane to recruit as the head coach of Notre Dame. He gets off the plane knowing he may not be the coach at Notre Dame. He leaves the recruit's house and boards the plane again knowing I'm not the coach at Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> like, Man, yeah he, you just get done recruiting kids for uh, this team that you used to be the coach for, the head coach for, to just saying, all right, I'm off to LSU, Louis- I'm off to Louisiana. What the heck? Like, you, 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 you come off a season like that and – it's not. It doesn't end well, and then on top of that, you just leave your team. So, I, him going to LSU, I mean, and that hopefully, I mean, maybe depends on who they're playing. They may be able to have a good season, but if not, I mean, Brian Kelly, it may have been his karma. I don't know if he'll be able to go back to uh, Notre Dame. Oh no, he he's not. He's done. Because boring the fashion that he left, 
just can't. And I know we're saying, well, it's one game. I understand that. But, I mean, from the beginning, this has looked like a circus. But then again, it's like I said. FSU is a Florida team. You can't count them out. No, that and grit, and man. you're starting to see Florida State kind of again yeah. move back into yeah. where they were in the Jimbo Fisher era. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Batten, Jimbo Fisher era, you know. But it, it's just not a good look for LSU uh, Saturday. You know, it, it just looked like, again, that the circus continues with this experiment uh, with, with Brian Kelly. So that that's a storyline that we're going to be covering, you know, I'm sure, as the season goes on. Uh, Texas A&M beat Sam Houston State thirty-one to nothing. I, you know, Haynes King, he's an East Texas kid, very good quarterback. At uh, Longview under his dad, Coach John King wins the state championship. Uh, uh, his junior year, all of those things. But uh, yeah, and I've got a funny. So my brother just showed you yeah. that picture. I've got a funny story about that ball game too. But Haynes, you know, <laughs> proves that hey, he's got some some problems, uh, and, and so we're gonna have to watch how he develops, you know, there at, at Texas A&M because a lot of it's gonna hinge on him. Yeah. Uh, for for not only this season, but maybe the next year yeah. or two. It's like I told you earlier, and we was talking about this game. I'm not completely sold on him. I mean, mm-hmm. he may get better throughout the season, but I'm as of right now, I'm not completely sold on him. Um. I just seen a lot of inconsistencies last night. Yes, uh, well, uh, Saturday's game, and he has the makings of a quarterback, but there's just something off about him. And to me, the 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 quarterback that you know played last year when he went out with injury with an injury is better than he is. I mean, I'm just not completely sold on him as. The starting quarterback of Texas A&M. Now, like I said, he may get better throughout the season, but as of right now, I'm I I just seen some inconsistencies. Yeah, and, and I think that's going to be the thing with A&M <clears throat> is he's going to have to play consistent. Yeah, if they're going to they're going to be successful, a, a competitor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, just kind of on a funny note, so there was a tweet put out by Sam Houston uh, where. A&M. I'm sorry, by by AM about Sam Houston. And it's a picture of the. Hold on, I'm going to get my brother involved here. Ethan, who, the, backup who, the backup quarterback and who uh, proposed to an AM student who went to Harmony High School where I coached and where Ethan played. <laughs> okay. He proposes to her. She says yes, and Anim posts that and says the only Bearcat to score today. <laughs> and there's this picture. So I just thought that was a little funny deal. You know, I'm sorry if you're a Sam Houston fan, but you didn't play very well. But hey, at least your backup quarterback got lucky. You know, he's gonna get a new <laughs> wife out of the deal, uh, and she can teach him how to win ball games. <laughs> she, she's from Texas. They so ended up going to the winning school. <laughs> the like, winning side. <laughs> like, okay, if you're, let, let's just, because we like to have a little levity on this program. Uh, if you're Sam Houston, like, if you're their teammates, do you applaud the guy or do you go, really? It's like, you know what? I'm not going to the wedding. I have a Texas a and themed wedding. <laughs> okay, do you think he had to, to, to fly or ride on the back of the bus heading home? Or fly on the back I of the bus? I almost want to say definitely. Way? He probably had to ride under the bus. But, you know, that couldn't happen because that's considered hazing. 
Uh, they they get fined and people will get in trouble for that. Uh, but they get fined. Do you? Yeah, I, I question you. Know, are your teammates happy for you or are they like really, bro? Like you couldn't wait any other game or any other time to propose, but you decide when we get our butts kicked that you want to propose to your girlfriend, who not only goes to Texas A and M, but we just got trashed by them. I mean, <laughs> like, isn't that right down the road? Yeah. That's I, like I'm the, saying he rode on the back of the bus or full of however they got there. He I rode home he, with his fiance. That's yeah. what happened. <laughs> they put his maybe cash and stuff stayed, in the trunk. Maybe he stayed on campus. Yeah. Hey man, you mind if I you know, bunk at your dorm night? Fellas ain't letting me on the bus. Coaches are agreeing with him. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, you look at that and say, really? Do you look at her and go, honey? I, we may have lost our spot on the team. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I love you. I, I walk up to Jim Lowe like, hey, bud. <laughs> hey, coach, uh, looking for a backup quarterback? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Jimbo don't pay his players, so. Supposedly. Uh, supposedly, so. Uh, Maybe he I does. I don't know how that works out. Maybe that's how Jimbo plays his players. Pulls him to say, we may have a spot for you. Be the placeholder for the kicker. But look at his past. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's a serious question. <laughs> did, 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 I mean,. I, I imagine his teammates, maybe his roommates and a couple of friends are happy for him, but awkward time. It's not uh, awkward time to propose. I'm happy for the guy. Great, man. You got your fiance. You got your, you know, your, your wife. and every, you Shout know. out to Rayleigh Willie, yeah. uh, who's from Harney, the, the girl in the picture. Yeah. She, you yeah. know, go live your happy ever after yeah, life just, with this guy. Who's now hated by his buddies and teammates? I question because he probably he didn't play that game, did he? No, he didn't. Play. So I question. How do you go from a bench warmer who watches your team? Get, uh, oh my <laughs> gosh, that's even worse. See, <laughs> but see, this is I question. His mind had to be on that proposal the whole time. He did. He didn't care. I'm saying so anything about score. that game. Like he may not know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time in the stands, he's looking up there. I'm about to get ready to propose to this girl. And she don't even know it. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care about what's happening on the field. Your team's getting blown out. It doesn't matter. I got a ring in my back pocket. I'm about to propose. I'm. I'm looking at my future, y'all. And y'all looking at right at this. Yeah, I'm looking at my future. With something like that, you don't have a future, but I do. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's something like that. Very little attention was 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 paid on that game. Yeah, what was going on? I, well, congrats. Because, yeah, like go live your happy ever after life. Yeah, get married, man. That's great. You're young. Go ahead and play football today. You're not starting. Yeah, yeah. who's the transfer? The... <laughs> so wait, was he the starting quarterback before? I then? think he had a chance to be in the transfer and beat him out. Oh wow, he was starting quarterback last year. Uh, he, he okay, correction. He started last year. Yeah. Okay, well, she's a good woman. She stuck with you through thick and thin. Yeah, good woman. You picked the right, and she still said yes. Yeah. Okay, well, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Now that the show's completely off the tracks, let's uh, let's uh, let's try and get it back on. (laughs) Let's let's look at football. Texas. Um, Well, we'll we'll talk about them in just a second. Ah, what we got? 
That's well, it. We, uh, we've got uh, Michigan beat number eight. Michigan beats uh, Colorado State fifty-one oh, to seven. Yeah. Not even close. Michigan has the chance to be very good again this year. Uh, excited to see what that holds, especially the game that the, the uh, perennial rivals with Ohio State that's going to determine the conference champions. Mm-hmm. Out of the Big Ten, I'm I'm excited about that. Arkansas uh, again continues to build momentum over there. They beat Cincinnati, who is the first non-Power 5 school to make the, the playoff system. Okay. And they defeat them 31-24. They continue to play very tough up front on both sides of the football. Okay. So, uh, Coach uh, Art Briles' son, Kendall, is their offensive coordinator. I mean, a lot of potential in Arkansas. So, in the near future, do you consider Arkansas, because they're in the SEC, right? SEC, yes. right? Do SEC. you consider them up there with... I say the next near future, and I'm saying near future next two, three years maybe, up there in talks with Georgia and Ole Miss. Yes, absolutely. I see them if if LSU can't get it together, they're going to take LSU's spot. They are. I I, I think again, Coach Pittman's done a great job. Uh, they bring him in yeah. out of the University of Georgia. He's he's been at Arkansas previously. He's an Arkansas guy. I mean, yeah. he says I am Arkansas, and he has taken on that program. Uh, and he has toughened them up. He said, listen, this is the way we're going to play football. Well, And I think he's got a lot of potential there. Well, it's what they're, they're, they have everything that LSU is lacking, which is consistency. Yes. So they've consistently gotten better over the years. Well, LSU, I think LSU has a lot of internal problems going on rather than external, meaning on the field. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on with the board and, uh, tr- and everybody that's – you know, they're getting who they want and doing what they want, but they're excluding the players. And you take the season where LSU, you know, they had they won a national championship well, just a couple of years ago, uh, a few years ago. Uh, you take that season, then you look at the season after that. Then you look at the, the year after that. that and then this year, we don't know what's going to happen. And so there's, there's an inconsistency with LSU, but it's not the players. It's internally. It's with... You you switching coaches. Your coaches are doing whatever they want. It's internally and it's hurting the team. It's hurting the image of the team. And Arkansas is the exact opposite. Yeah, and where they've got a coach now that's building them, building the players, building a, building that culture, Arkansas culture back up. You know, and so it's it's looking pretty for Arkansas right now, and it's looking ugly. It may be looking really ugly for LSU. And I mean LSU, like I said, they are that known as that fourth team in the SEC. Like, okay, we got to that's that that's that team along with Georgia, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Mm-hmm. But now Arkansas are looking like they're about to come up and just snatch it away from them. Yeah, they, if they, if LSU ain't careful, Arkansas is coming up. I think that they are definitely um, poising themselves to be and positioning themselves to be in the conversation. Yeah. With those with the top end of the SEC and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Uh, and, and being competitive in those ball games. Uh, and then you look at shifting kinda of over to the Big Twelve for a minute. Uh, you've got Oklahoma uh, beating UTEP uh, forty five thirteen under you know their first game under Coach Brett Venables. So again, uh, now the the defensive side of the ball is gonna be the staple. You know that's that's yeah. kind of the conversation. That's the expectation that he wants, uh, and so it's going to be fun to watch that program evolve. Fun to see Coach Venables kind of step into his own as a head football coach after having been a defensive coordinator for his entire career. 
Um, and, and so that'll be fun. And then you got, of course, the University of Texas beats Louisiana Monroe 52-10 to in Quinn Ewer's uh, first game as the starting quarterback over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to get to their matchup next week uh, here in just a moment. And then the other big game was Georgia, uh, number three in the country, beats number 11, Oregon, 49-3. to three. I mean, just dismantles them. Now, here's the bad thing. That takes the Pac-12 out of the conversation because Oregon is the top end of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They're done. They're not, they don't have a playoff contender this year. That hurts that conference, especially yeah. with teams moving around. Uh, but it also makes a statement that Georgia's right back where they want to be. Yeah. They're, they're back in that conversation. Um, Oregon, man, you know, giving them the somewhat of the benefit of the doubt, you know, they're, you know, they just lost one of their players uh, back in July, uh, Spencer Webb. Yes. And, you know, they're still grieving with that loss. And, you know, he was a big player for them, a big asset for them. Uh, and so losing – you know, losing him, I, I, I kind of somewhat very, very, very little give them the benefit of the doubt. But when you plan a team like Georgia, I mean, Georgia was just everything that they could have been on both sides of the ball. Especially for game one. Yeah, and, and Oregon just couldn't get it, get it going at all. I mean, there was a point in the game where it looked like, okay, now they're, they're about to score, and Georgia just brings it to them. It's a you know, turnover, and they only got three points out of the game. It doesn't look pretty now. Um, you know, going into the year, you will hope that they get better. But you, you can you see where you know, maybe they improve, yeah, but they're out of the playoff. Yeah, sure. you, I mean they got demolished. Georgia's just that team. I mean they are they proven they're proving I believe this year like last year coming off a national championship they're in the talks for it again, and it may just be Alabama and Georgia again. It very well could be. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, that, that, that looking that way, you know, moving forward. Now, the big game, and especially if you're a UT fan, is this week Alabama comes to Austin, uh, and you're going to get a taste of what Texas is looking at over the next however long once they move to the SEC. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I... <laughs> I don't know if anybody else will watch any other game unless you're just fans of that team Saturday if they're not watching the Alabama and Texas game because Texas have made a statement, we want to be in the SEC. Well, okay, you want to do that? They put Alabama on their schedule, and now they're going to have to try They're going to have to back up their talk. And I'm a Texas fan. And I'll say Quinn Ewers looked good Saturday. Offense looked good, the defense looked good, but that was also against a Louisiana Monroe team. Now, I'm not saying Louis, they may be good in their division or whatever they are, but their conference or whatever, but this is Alabama. This is the number one team in the country. Yeah. I'm afraid that if they poke that bear, it may not be pretty. Now, I, I, I say... I've said Texas has a very good offense. You know, they have a good running back in uh, Dijon uh, Robinson, Robinson and then Quinn Ewers as they start. Like I said, he looked good Saturday. Uh, they have a good receiving core. They look good on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side, I'm still kind of questioning it, questioning especially their secondary because I know Alabama likes to throw. 
Uh, I'm questioning their uh, Texas' secondary, but their front looks good. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, is that enough to stop Alabama? And, and Bryce Young, I mean, Bryce Young did whatever he wanted to to Utah State. Yes. I. It, it was one point in the game, I believe it was the last score, uh, he was running into the end zone, and he literally was jogging and looking behind him. Mm-hmm. As Utah State players just chased him down, and I'm like, "This guy's on another level. <laughs> like, this is another level." I mean, and he usually doesn't run; he's not a runner. Right. Um, but I mean, he he had the most yards that he's ever ran, the most yards that he's ever ran in his college career. Uh, Saturday, you look at the Alabama team, you look at Texas team, and even though Texas put up 52 points, Alabama put up 55. It's a different, if it's a different mentality, man. It's it different is, teams. And, and I'm looking at Texas's schedule. My question, if I'm, you, you know, a, a UT fan, why is Alabama okay? You could have scheduled <laughs> any SEC team that you wanted. I would have scheduled them. Ole Miss or uh, right, or A and M, but you choose Alabama, <clears throat> the big dog. I, that's it. <laughs> it's the once again, it's the mentality. You know, you want to be the best, you got to try to beat the best. You got to go, you got to go up against the best. But but okay, and if you're Sarkeesian, Coach Steve Sarkeesian, that this is your year. You either make it or you don't. And if you don't, they're gonna stop this experiment with you. You know, you you're done. <clears throat> you lose this job, you're probably not gonna go be a head coach again. You know, maybe you could go back to Alabama as the offensive coordinator if Coach Bill O'Brien goes elsewhere at the end of this year or whatever may happen there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which uh, Coach O'Brien has voiced that he probably will at the end of this season move on. If the opportunity should present itself to be a head coach in the NFL again. Having said that, why would you do that. I, I I just don't understand. You're not on their level. You're not going to, I mean, barring something weird happening, you're not winning the ball game. Maybe it's competitive. But then you're showing we're moving to your conference. You know, we, we got to go through you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which goes back to the lunacy of the board for even doing this in the first place. They went there to chase Texas A&M and Oklahoma goes there to chase Texas, and and it and it just upsets the whole dynamic. And nobody's thinking we've got to play Alabama, we got to play Georgia, we got to play Ole Miss, we got to play you know. And, and there's these you know Arkansas. There, there's these plethora of teams now. That Texas you're got bounced by Arkansas last year, right? I mean, what, I, I just I, I don't understand that. I, the philosophy of that thinking, like you said, they didn't think all the way through who they had to face just to chase one team. I mean, if you wanted to chase one team, schedule that team and play that team. One game out of the year anyway, you might as well just do it that way other than saying, we want to switch divisions. Now, the the only thing you're going to have are bragging rights if you beat Texas A&M. That's if you beat Texas A&M. That's Yeah. Bragging rights, that's it. Because if you're chasing them all the way into the SEC – just to say, 
We want to prove that we're better than you. It makes no sense because you could have done that by just scheduling any kind right. of game <clears throat> and then beating them that way and still however many times. Because it's, it's, it's the same either way other than chasing them into the SEC. Now you got to play them and everybody else in the SEC. I, I, I didn't understand the move. Then. I really don't understand now, and I don't understand now that you are locked in to go why you would schedule Alabama. But let's look at the schedule after that. You have UTSA... <coughs> who went into quadruple overtime, who's coming off of a uh, school record year last year, and I coach Jeff Traylor. They're coming yeah. into this year. They go into quadruple overtime with a nationally ranked Houston team, almost win that ball game, right? That's not a give-me game. Then you turn in, you got to play Texas Tech. Anything can happen over there in Lubbock. So, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. You turn in, you play West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're coming off of a close game against Pittsburgh in the backyard, you know, backyard battle or whatever they call that game. Uh, and then you face Oklahoma in the Red River Shootout, right? So, how long before they fire Sarkeesian? Is that the is that all the schedule? Well, I mean, then you've got to play. I, I'm saying just leading up to the Oklahoma game <laughs> after the Alabama game. Because then you got to train, you got to play Iowa State, you got to play How they play? Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, Ooh. Kansas, and then you end the season against Baylor. Oklahoma, after Alabama, after Alabama, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will be the hardest games. But if you, okay, let's say you cough up and you lose to UTSA, or you cough up and you lose to Texas Tech, and then you turn around and you lose to Oklahoma, do you go ahead and fire him? No, they better not. I tell you why. It wasn't his decision. It was the poorest decision. They can't judge his. I mean, but this is your coach. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And then there's talk that Urban Meyer wants to get back into the college coaching ranks. Oh God. Oh. So th- this is where I'm here with this conversation. You, <laughs> you floated with Urban Meyer in the past. Okay. Urban Meyer, for all of his off-the-field whatever shenanigans, and for all of the... And here's the thing about Urban Meyer. Here's the point I make about Urban Meyer. We don't know what did or didn't happen in Jacksonville. Like, you don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah. he, you, you really don't. You it's you know, some players say he did things. There's other players that say he didn't do that. You've got, you know, all of that mess that went on in Jacksonville. He clearly was not prepared or ready to be a, a, a head coach in the NFL. He, he wasn't. You know, as bad as he wanted it, he wasn't. But, the man has not had a losing season in college football. He can coach at the college level. Oh, yeah, that's no doubt. Okay, he's under contract this season as an announcer for Fox, you know, in their pregame show like he was before. If you lose to Alabama, and Sark proves he he ain't he ain't coaching against Saban at that level, you know he might he might can play at that level or, or coach at that level as a coordinator, yeah. But he he's not that that's just not happening, okay. Then it, let's say you cough up a game to either UTSA or Texas Tech just by accident, you know. Then you lose the rivalry game. Do you not just cut bait? And put the program on, because then you're out. Like you're not winning the conference. You've already lost that. Yeah. 
Because you still have Baylor waiting at the end of the year. Right. Okay. So you're not going to win the conference at that point. You've already proven that Coach Sarkeesian's not ready to coach against the big boys in the SEC. Why not put him on ice, be like, you know, sorry, Coach, we tried, we thank you, but we're going in a different direction. Well, and go ahead and start negotiating with Coach Meyer. Okay. Well, this is, okay, if that happens, here's another possibility. Because he's he he's coming under Sarkeesian. Do you lose Arch Manning? But do you keep okay? Th- so that's in your because, point. Are you going to keep him anyways? If you get blown out by Alabama, who offered him? Yeah. And he looks and he goes, "Oh gosh, this is what I'm in for for the next four years, three, or, four years." I don't. I don't know that you're getting him anyways. Like that's why I didn't understand the scheduling of this ball game. At least don't prove to him you can't play until he's already there. At least make it a tough decision. Don't do it before he has to to make a real decision. I mean, because people forget he's not bound contractually to go to the University of Texas. He could change his mind at any point. So so I didn't understand the scheduling. So I don't even know that you take that into consideration because if you lose the Alabama game and you lose the Oklahoma game, you don't win the conference, he may not be coming anyway. I also at least get your coach. You know? Yeah, but here's the thing about Urban Myers, and it's it's been factual. Urban Myers has all has always uh, produced good. I mean, great running backs. I mean, he's known for that, uh, keeping a good set of running backs on his team. So if he goes to Texas, he already he has that in Texas. I, mm-hmm. you know, barring that Texas fires Sarkeesian, which and with. However, which way the season goes, but if Evan Myers comes to Texas, he has everything he needs. The only thing I he may be the coach to be able to compete uh, against it against the SEC. But but okay. But the other question is, will the and this is just I'm just throwing this out here because there was a report uh, last week that that Urban Meyer would like or be open to the possibility of coaching again in college football. And I'm just linking him to Texas because of the previous link that was there. But the question that I have is, okay, if you're the University of Texas, do you just say, okay, we'll take all the baggage, you know, and yeah. all the, the mess that comes with that to go win? Well, you could, they could, but then you ask yourself, okay, because like you just said, we don't know what happened in in, in, in Jacksonville because no Jacksonville still yeah, Jacksonville is still not a good team. No. Um so can you really look at it and say it was his fault? I mean, because now they're still Right. The only knock against him in the Jacksonville situation was the, the off the field stuff, but yeah. but the only thing that there was even any sort of photographic proof of was the lady at the bar in Ohio. Right. And that still is questionable as to how all that went down. But what I'm saying, so we really don't have any factual yeah. evidence of anything that goes on. That made that man look like he was out his mind, like a, a jack wagon. I mean, yeah, but we, we again, don't. Yeah, it's one it's, picture. Yeah, that's what we have to think. Remember, and media, media can make people look good or bad. Yeah, and with him, I mean, we just don't know. And so I say, give him a fair chance. I mean, if he wants to go to. If if he's willing to go to Texas and, and saying they fire Sarkeesian, 
give him a chance. I mean, that'll be it'll be an interesting, you know, uh, deal to see because, like I said, he he's known for developing great running backs. I mean, um, Texas has some and uh, Dijon Robinson, and then the backups there at, under him. You know, he'll have everything he needs. I, I just think that's an interesting story to possibly follow, and we'll know more after this week about kind of. Yeah, Where the school maybe just, stands. It, with, it just doesn't look Sarkisian. good for Texas to play Alabama this season. No, season. not at all. Uh, Texas A&M is going to play App State. That's you know probably not going to be a close game. Yeah, they got beat. Uh, and then you're going to have Ohio State versus Arkansas State. Hey, App State. That's Luke Combs. Uh, oh yeah, shout out to Luke Combs. Yeah. the Luke. Yep. That's his Luke. alma mater, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, shout out there. Uh, Ohio State versus Arkansas State. Let's see. The other one that I thought has potential for some spice was Pittsburgh versus Tennessee. I think that could be a sneaky good game. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have Kenny Pickett, but they're still a decent yeah, uh, ball yeah, club yeah. there. <laughs> you know, Tennessee trying to find its footing. Where does it fit into the whole college football picture at this point? So I, I think that if you're you know just kind of scrolling looking for a game, I wouldn't sleep on that one. Uh, I think it could be a little good Saturday afternoon watch. Yeah. Uh, That's all I got. I mean, nothing really off the field with with college football. No. So, I mean, I just kind of want to run down some of that. Now, looking at the NFL, week one's here. The NFL, if you're you're an NFL fan, it has arrived. And once again. Um, Kicks off Thursday with the LA Rams versus the Buffalo Bills. Very good Thursday night matchup. I, 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 I. I guess the Rams didn't do anything to uh, Aaron Donald with the no, by but, him no. yielding the two helmets. <laughs> yeah, he got away with it. Yeah, he can uh, choke players. He can hit them with two. They don't care as long as the man helps him win football. Yeah, whatever you want, man. Have an assault charge. I don't <laughs> care. You're right in our books, but I, <laughs> which is interesting, by the way, because the NFL said we're not going to suspend him because it happened, even though it was a joint practice, it's considered a practice, which according to the CBA, any punishment for things that happen during practice is only up to the team. It's not up to the NFL, which is interesting. I see that rule changing after that. Yeah, it has to. You know how serious he could have hurt somebody? Or or I I don't understand the concept of these joint practices anyway. There's always fights. Like, yeah, that, what's the why point? would you do? You already have scuffles within your own organization, but now you bring a team that you're going to be playing into the into the equation. In the practice, yes, it's it. Get, I say do away with the joint practices. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Regardless, he's going to be on the field Thursday night. Buffalo choking Arnold. But Bu- <laughs> uh, what's his name? Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Arnold. Arnold. I'll call him Arnold. Anyways, choking. Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get it. The guy is like, there's footage of him choking one of the the the, the back the offensive lineman. He's choking. He has his hand around his neck. And he's like choking him, you know. But and then he, there's video of him yielding the two helmets. It's like well, there's nothing that we can be we can do. Are they scared <laughs> of him? I mean, maybe maybe Goodell's afraid he'll get choked out. I don't know, but man, that's. I don't know. The LA Rams, but yeah, let's go back to the game. That's going to be a great game. Yeah, because you have Josh Allen. Who should have beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, most definitely. And and then you have uh, now the, I, Rams. I, the Rams, you know, coming off a of Super Bowl uh, season um, and defending Super Bowl champs. 
Uh, now, under, help me understand this. It's Labor Day weekend. The okay. end of Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Why does the NFL not kick it off with a Monday night Labor Day game? I don't know. That's a good question. I've never understood. It's, why not? I don't know. I, why start the game? Why start the season on Thursday night? But they did that. They did that last year. What start on Thursday night? Yeah, yeah because oh, it, yeah, it was the do. Dallas and uh, Buccaneers. Well, I understand they always do. But why but not saying, Monday why not, at the beginning of the week? Yeah, why not Monday? It makes more sense, but I guess they do that because there's such a big gap in between Monday and Thursday. Where if you go Thursday, you don't play Friday. You have well, it's the same. You don't have another game until Sunday. Right. I, what's the point? You you still go two days okay. without yeah. a ball game. Yeah. Okay. But that changes how many teams play on Monday night and Thursday night. So if you play on th- you have one team to play on Thursday. Or two teams that play on Thursday, right? Thursday night, and then one you, game, yeah. Yeah, okay, one game. But then Sunday, you have multiple games. Okay. Whereas if you was doing Monday, Thursday, Sunday, starting Monday, Thursday, Sunday, you will have one game, one game, everybody else. So I guess they cut it down, just say one game, and then everybody else, and, and then, then we get into the then you start into the Monday. Maybe so. I, 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 it just hit me today when I'm looking at going. Wait a minute. I've never really thought about it, yeah. And but why not just kick it off on Monday night? You know, I don't know. But so Thursday, I think that's got the potential to be a great, great way to kick off the season. Then Sunday, if you're a Cowboys fan, our Cowboys, our Dallas Cowboys, face off against Tampa Bay on Sunday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys did sign uh, Jason Peters. Jason Peters to replace Tyron Smith, and we don't know that Smith's going to return at all this season. Uh, There's some questions about that. He would be back in December at the earliest. So that was a must. And it keeps Pierre's career going at least for another year. It brings in a veteran presence yeah. uh, to the offensive line. I, I mean, that was a good and, move, a good solid it's move. It's another veteran for you know the rookie Tyler Smith to learn under and to play under and mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Tyler Smith is ever going to be get to the point where he plays left tackle with the Cowboys. I think they're going to keep him at guard. But either way, to be to play along and start alongside a veteran is good for him mm-hmm. mentally and to be able to grow from. Um, but it's a good sign for the Cowboys because they, for weeks there was you know question who was going to you know fill that spot you know. Uh, Ball was in question, but then it's like, okay, well, he may not be able to get the job done, and then anybody behind him, if he wasn't, because he was the second guy up, mm-hmm. if he wasn't able to, then you know you'd have anybody else per se. But it's a good sign, I believe. Uh, Jason Jason Peters will uh, fit in just fine with that offense. Um, he's not too much older than Tyron. I mean, maybe younger even. Uh, they're close. Yeah, because you know. Tyron came in uh, ninth into the NFL nineteen years old. He was the youngest player to ever do that, and so um, I think Cowboys will be okay. Now on the other side of the ball, you're looking at Tampa Bay. There's been some um, some questions you about know, Tampa Bay as a team. Yeah, as a, as a team, because you know they have a banged up offensive line. They've lost starters and second string uh, players. To injuries. I mean, these aren't just. These, I'm not talking like knickknack injuries. I'm talking these like ACL. These are big injuries. You know, season-ending injuries. And so you have a banged-up offensive line. 
Oh yeah, there's, there's a nine year age difference. Jason Pierce is forty. He's forty. Tyron Smith is thirty one. Yeah. Nine years. So. Uh, you have a more veteran presence. Yeah, and uh, so you you asked that question, you know, Tom Brady and that offensive line, are they going to be able to protect him? I don't think so. I think Tampa Bay's not going to be very good. I mean, they're probably going to be competitive in that division. They're, yeah. they're, I don't see them as the top team in that division right now. You've got... Uh, New Orleans and a couple other teams that I think have the potential to knock them off. But, But, uh, and and then if you're Tom Brady, so there was a report by Page Six, which is a a arm, if you will, or a a part of the New York Post, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different section of the New York Post that does like investigative journalism on celebrities. They came out with multiple sources, anonymous sources, Stating that the 11-day absence of Tom Brady from training camp was due to marital issues. That him and Giselle uh, went away to Costa Rica for 11 days, spent time away from everybody, had to talk some things over, all of that. So there are some questions. Number one, does Tom Brady, is he mentally ready to play football? Yeah. I say no. I say he doesn't. I, I still hang on to he should have stayed retired. Regardless, I, like I said, I told you Friday, I, I do not buy the whole, well, I felt pressured by the media and the public. He could, it's his decision. Yeah. But see, that's what see, but that's what makes Tom Brady, because he, he's a great quarterback, great player, but when he makes statements like that, it's like, dude, are you really as, I mean, it's no question, you have the Super Bowls, but mentally... If Are you're you making as de- tough as yeah, because if you're making decisions based off of what the media is, is saying in the public, I mean, you that comes into question. You should have just stayed retired, man, and and ended your career. You 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 have what eight Super Bowls? Seven, yeah. seven, eight Super Bowls. No, that, no, no, he's got more than that. He's got a ten, ten Super Bowls. Uh, maybe it's eight. I think it's eight, eight or nine. It's a bunch. It's, yeah, it's a bunch. But either way, you have all these Super Bowl wins. You've proven all that you could prove. There's nothing more that you could prove. I mean, at this point, man, it will be like saying, you know, not greed, but it's like saying... Brady's got seven. He got seven? Yeah. But at this point, it's like saying... I have to do this because of so and so, so and so, so and so, but not. And because then you had the big contract with Fox. They're ready to pay you a ton of money to be an announcer. I mean, yeah, but then you say I'm gonna go get banged up some more before I come and you know follow through with that. He's contract. playing without Gronk. Yeah, he's playing behind a banged up offensive line. He came in. The first thing he did was okay. You got to get rid of the head coach. I don't like him. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. Even though those two say that that didn't happen, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh. And, and then that whole situation was a lie because Tampa Bay claims, well, we knew he was going to take 11 days off. Well, if it was to deal with marital issues, he didn't tell you ahead of time, oh, I've got marital problems at home. Yeah. Now, he he came into that front office. He said, listen, Giselle's saying she's packing up. So our agreement was I'm going to fly her privately to Costa Rica. I'll see you in 11 days. Yeah. Or whenever. I, I, I still don't buy that they knew when he was coming back. 
they have a situation on their hands. And, I mean, now it, it wouldn't shock me if, they, you know, he came in and he played great and they have a great season. But my concern is going up against a Dallas defense, you have Micah Parsons, you have De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence, you have um, who else? Uh, D. Williams. You know, all these this Dallas defense that's coming back and seems mm-hmm. like they have they haven't gotten worse. They've gotten a little bit better than yes. they did last year. And then you've got a depleted offensive line. You've yeah. got depleted receivers. Do you core. do you really? I mean. Goodness, you never know which direction. You don't know which direction Mark uh, uh, Micah's coming. Either he's coming up the middle or off the edge. Either way, you got to be prepared. And I don't know with that with that offensive line if they can handle that defense, that front. You got uh, Dallas is tough. They're tough up the middle, in the backfield, and in the secondary. They're tough. Their defense is tough. And I hope Tom Brady, the offensive line, has it together. I don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to, but I just say he. If that's man, you should have stayed retired. Go be with your family. Enjoy your retirement. You've done enough. Yeah, and we don't want to see him go down the road that we've seen some of the greats go. Yeah, because they've tried to the, prove a point. Where your lasting memory is whatever you saw at the end. Yeah, and there will be a generation of kids who, if he goes out poorly. That's how they'll remember Tom Brady. Yeah. And you just don't want to see it. Uh, so I think that's going to be a very good game to watch Sunday night, or Sunday. Uh, and then let's see, you've got the Bengals Steelers. And breaking news two hours ago, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers officially named, uh, let's see, Mitchell Trubisky as the team's starting quarterback. Well, wait, 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 who? Mitchell Trubisky. What team? The Steelers. Steelers. So they have named Mitchell Trubisky as their starting quarterback, and he will start against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, that's a that's that's a a, a tough bold statement because you have Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett that you drafted. He's a Pittsburgh guy. I don't understand this unless unless and I. I Unless Tomlin is saying, listen, we're not very good, which they're not. They're not very good. I don't want to overexpose this kid. I'm okay with taking my licks now, letting him get some more reps. Maybe we kind of work him in. Because you see that jumping to these young guys doesn't always work. Right. Look at Chicago. Okay. I mean, they hand the job off to Justin, Justin Fields, Fields yeah. and that doesn't change anything. They still can't win a ball game. Uh, and that's happened where we think, Oh, just give the young guy the football. And, and who, okay, while we're on this subject, I have a little rant. Sit, who's got the crystal ball that says all these kids can play? They better hope and pray. If, you're a, if you are a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you better pray to the good Lord up above that Trevor Lawrence is who everybody thought he would be. Yeah. Because we are way too quick in the NFL to say those kids can play. Who knows? How do you know that? Like, who who told you? Who gave you the gift of prophecy to be able to say that these kids are going to be great? We don't know that. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know that it's the best move for Pittsburgh, but it may be the smartest move. And here's the other thing. The minute you start the clock on that rookie contract, I mean, you're starting to run out of time now. 
So I mean, you've got to you got to see what you have and then decide from there. But you don't want him to go get creamed, you know, that first year. And then you got questions about, well, now do we have to go draft another kid? Yeah. Well, I think barring, and we have to remember this before Kenny Pickett, and I think Steelers were put in a position where they had to go and really have to go draft uh, uh, another quarterback because, you know, uh, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, they lost yeah. Dwayne Haskins, who possibly could have been the starting quarterback. He was probably going to be the yeah, starting quarterback. Yeah, um, before he, you know, he passed his untimely death. And so Steelers were put in position. Now we have to go get another quarterback. And so it could be that, you know, I believe that Mike Tomlin is a smart head coach. I mean, he's not too big on the publicity and no. he doesn't want to give the media what they want, so I'm not going to give them what they want and start this kid. Even though it seems like the ideal thing, thing to do because we drafted him in the first round. But I'm going to do what I believe is smart and best for the organization and for the team. I'm going to let him develop. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going, to, I'm going to see what Mitchell Trubisky can offer. I'm going to let Kenny Pickett develop. If Mitchell uh, Trubisky can't do anything for us, then next season we're moving. Now that he's developed, we're going to move him up. When you know, He's going to be the starter. But you don't, I mean, you don't make a decision like that just because it's what media, what looks good and pretty to the media. You know, what everybody else is expecting. And so that's why I applaud Mike Tomlin because he, he's not doing what everybody else expected him to do. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he believes is best for the program. So uh, I, 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 I I think it's a probably a smart move. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on on Trubisky, but but I'm not sold on Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett has potential, but I was really shocked that he picked Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis. I thought Malik Willis was going to Pittsburgh. I thought that was I, wrong. that seemed like the better the better option. I, you know, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. you know, you get you get the hometown kid, but he's not going to start the season. That's probably a very smart move. Uh, let's see some other interesting matchups. You have Miami versus New England. Uh, seeing what what's going to work there in Miami uh, with some new pieces around Tua. You know, does Tua have potential? Does he not have potential? What is Miami going to do? You know, they've been linked to Tom Brady. They've been linked to Sean Payton. I mean, all this mess, all the off season, off the field uh, mess yeah. that went on. And then if you're New England, can they get things going offensively now? Uh, without having Josh McDaniels, all, all of those things moving forward to look at. So I think that's that's a good matchup just to kind of see where these teams might stand. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and answer some questions from a publicity standpoint. This one's got a lot of juice to it. Uh, the Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers going back to Cincinnati. I mean, to Cleveland to play the Browns would have had a lot more juice if Deshaun Watson hadn't have got suspended. But he did. He's gone. He's out of the picture. Baker and Carolina going into Cleveland. You you don't have the greatest quarterback across the way there in Cleveland. No. I, I uh, think you, you, you could pick up a, a very emotional win if you're Carolina. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and Baker, I say, were reasonable uh, – with a reasonable from a reasonable aspect, he has a chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah, he's gonna be playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. You know, you tell me one thing and then you do another in that fashion, and then you try to come back. You try to come back to me, and no, I mean, 
and so far right now he's doing good in Carolina. Uh, so that's going to be interesting, like I said, interesting game to uh, to watch and keep up with, um, and to see how Cleveland is go- and what the heck are they going to do? Like you said, they're not they're not looking the best at quarterback right now. They're, and and you went and got all these receivers, and your quarterback position is at question. I mean, you don't even know. You have. <laughs> They didn't fully think this out. They didn't plan. Either that or it's what I said a couple weeks ago. Unless maybe the Haslam said, you know what? We're willing to risk phoning it in this season because Deshaun Watson's available today. That's the only thing I can figure. Because by the time he gets back, you're probably out of the playoff hunt anyways. <laughs> figure something out. You know, <laughs> I just... You don't get receivers like Amari Cooper, and then you don't and just and just sit him on the sideline, or not the sideline, but but not throw to him, because you're going to run the ball. Oh, they better figure something out. Hopefully, I don't I don't think they'll be this good this season. I I had high hopes for the Browns until now. Uh, if Deshaun Watson on the field, it's probably a different. Yeah, it's a different story, but I mean, I, we know how that story ended up, but. I this is the first week, by the way, where there's nothing to talk about concerning yeah. Deshaun Watson. That story, but that finally went quiet. Yeah, that's, I mean, for him, like I said before, for him that's good. For Browns, that's good. I don't know that it's going to stay quiet unless he does something in during his but, suspension. But if Baker, okay, but what if? How do you explain that to the fans if Baker comes into Cleveland and beats you and shuts you out and just like throws you like throw the lights at you? <laughs> it's the I mean, downfield target. That? I, 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 it's just the it's the utter PR nightmare that Cleveland set themselves up for that just amazes me to know. I mean, that's astonishing to me. I don't think they, like I said, I don't think they really thought it through or they just don't care. Uh, if either one of those are true, shock yourselves in the foot either way. Because now you have a quarterback that you went out and stuck your neck out on the line and nearly got it chopped off, and now you have them. You don't have them for eleven games, and you, you're the way your schedule. Their, their schedule is looking. They don't look like it's gonna be pretty for them. No. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's looking like uh, I, I say a good hefty, maybe six and ten season, maybe maybe or so, something six like and eleven. That. Yeah. I don't know what to tell. Them. I mean, I don't know what to say about the Browns other than man, you 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 fouled up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And how about getting a pie in your face right out the gate? Yeah. Uh, then you've got this could be a good matchup. You got the Arizona Cardinals versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. I think that's got potential, man. That's got more, man. You talking about Kyler Murray and and Patrick Mahomes facing off? So I I. I heard an interesting thing that uh-huh. that's a valid point. Are we is Patrick Mahomes as good as we think he is? <laughs> that's in question now? Okay, um what I mean, but it's a good question. It's a valid question after seeing what the season was like last year. And then you know It just seems like after he got dismantled in the Super Bowl Whoa, that he's been human. 
ever since then. Well, because then they, I told you, I told you, they he's gotten figured out. They've exposed him. Yes, and big now, ups to Tampa Bay on that. Now Kyler Murray's far from being great. I mean, he doesn't even study film yeah, properly. I mean, they had that whole debacle where that was in his that film clause in his contract that had to get taken out because of the PR nightmare that was that. And you've still got people in that locker room who say he's not a leader. He's not ready to be the, the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals from the perspective of not talent per se, but but just from the perspective of being that guy. But talent wise, I think this has the potential, you know, to be a good good matchup. Yeah, uh, you know, just to watch those two shoot it out. But it I, was just an interesting question. Yeah. You know? I, and okay, so that brought a question to my mind when you said, you know. They have the talent, but do they have the ability to be leaders? You have a lot of quarterbacks now that are coming up that are that, that have the same playing style as Kyler and Patrick Mahomes. They're very talented, uh, athletic quarterbacks. But the question that comes to my mind is, are they leaders? Do they have the ability to be a leader? Because it's different when you're able to make plays. And, and so this is another question that brings up about uh, Lamar Jackson as well. They're talented. It's, it's without a doubt, without a question. They're talented. They're athletic. They can make things happen. But are they leaders? You look at quarterbacks. Or you look at the quarterbacks. They're not just supposed to make things happen on the field. They're supposed to be leaders, be able to lead the team through good and bad, to be captains. And that's in question because boring some things that's happened with, with Patrick Mahomes and, of course, we know his family that's off the field. And then, along with that, there's starting to be some leaks of, of some teammates saying, well, listen, he, uh, you know, he demands that they have yeah. certain seats. He demands that they have certain access that nobody else has. Right. I, that wasn't a good look for him. Right. Uh, especially last year. That just wasn't a good look. And like I said, it wasn't just what they were doing. It was that after that started to take place, you start to have some some players anonymously come out and say, "Well, guys, this is normal." Yeah, I mean, it, like so, we see this every week. Yeah, and so you ask that question, man: Is he really a le- is he a leader for that team other than just a good quarterback? The same thing with Kyler Murray. If you're not willing to study film, if you're not studying film, or if you're not what your teammates would deem as being ready to be that quarterback or that that guy for the Arizona Cardinals do you have that ability to lead are you are you ready to lead and so that I, that question just comes to my mind are they're talented and athletic and all they can do all this stuff but are they leaders and that's a I, I, I that's one thing I just want I would like to know I mean can they lead like quarterbacks are supposed to I but I just thought that's an interesting matchup from a talent perspective but also a conversational piece just because you got these two guys that that's starting to be the question you yeah. know are they great quarterbacks or are they just talented uh let's see then the Monday night football game is uh juicy Seattle going to Denver <laughs> after saying sayonara to their quarterback Russell Wilson saying you know what we'll Pete it will keep old Pete We're, we'll stick with it and like I said after watching some of the preseason game Involving Seattle, I mean that's atrocious. I don't it think doesn't look win good games. for the passing game now. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't look good. You don't have the backs that you used to have in the backfield to run the football. The Legion of Boom is long gone. 
it just going to be a long year if you're a Seahawks fan. And what a kick in the teeth to have to go to Denver. <laughs> and lose to the quarterback that you kicked out. I mean, Russell Wilson said either let me cook or let me out of the kitchen, and they said, well, we'll get a new cook. <laughs> well, they didn't, so uh, at least the chef isn't as good as the no. former chef. I don't know, man. Seattle, if they don't do good this season, they got some heavy explaining to do. I mean, But where do you go as an organization? You 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 you're you're terrible at the quarterback position. You're gonna have to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Um. And you might be in the run, and you might be bad enough to be in the run for maybe a Bryce Young or a Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. I mean, I don't know. But you better hope that you're that bad. <laughs> yeah. And yet, and then you're gonna have to explain. Well, now we're gonna fire Pete Carroll. Well, what did you know, learn about him now that you didn't know about him then? Like, <laughs> other than. Oh, we made a mistake. Again, these these organizations have got to stop setting themselves up for these PR nightmares. I mean, it is insane. The PR nightmares that are going on in the NFL right now. Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh potentially, because he's going to have to explain yeah. about Kenny Pickett. Then you've got a, a, a PR nightmare uh, just in the waiting in Seattle, Tampa Bay. I mean, it's just yeah. <laughs> Dallas saved themselves with with signing Jason Peters for now. <laughs> yeah, for, but they, then how long is it until we start saying, "Well, uh, let's see. Yeah, we're gonna need a new football coach in Dallas." Yeah. Dallas how long until yeah. Sean Payton's name gets mentioned again? Dallas, Dallas, somewhat saved themselves for the time being with that with the signing of Jason Peters. Oh, over under how many games? Till McCarthy's gone. Uh, that's a, a game for another time. Um, but but yeah. So so some other off the field stories. Okay. Jimmy G is going to stay in San Francisco as okay. the backup on a one year contract. Because no. nobody wanted to trade for him. Why? That's the question nobody's asking, and nobody has an answer for it. There was a scout. Um, speaking again on an uh, anonymous source, who said, I can't tell you why, but nobody's taking phone calls from Jimmy G. He doesn't know why. The one team that needs them is Seattle. What the heck is going on? I mean, are they sold on, on what's his name? Drew uh, Locke. Drew Locke or, uh, what's his name? Smith? Is this, what's his name? Gino. Geno Smith, yeah. Are they sold on these guys? I mean, I, <laughs> well, I again, I think okay, but if you bring in Jimmy G and he plays decent, you're not making the play. You're not making the playoffs. Then you're got to re-sign him, but then you don't get enough of a draft pick to go get the other cat. Somebody out there need a quarterback. Why did Cleveland not bring him in? It's a one-year deal. That would be enough for... That might get you to the playoffs. Yeah. You've got enough of a running game to get you, to keep you in the running yeah. to make the playoffs. He knows coming in, I just got to impress till Deshaun gets back, mm-hmm. right? It's an agreement. At least he gets to play football. Right now, as it sits, Jimmy G's not playing a down of NFL football for the entire year. Uh, not I- unless he thinks that Trey Lance is going to lay an egg. And by, that goes back. 
How do we know that Trey Lance can play? Like, if you're San Francisco, why? What did he... <laughs> I, it just amazes me how we anoint these young quarterbacks. And nobody has a good answer as to why. I, this will go back to what I say. I believe it looks good for the public, for media. It looks good. Every it's what everybody expects. Is it's, it's because you don't go get quarterbacks like that and not play them or not start them. And so it's it's just like okay, it's just like the deal in Tennessee with uh, Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. Yeah, Tannehill's on his way out the door. Right. You don't go and get a quarterback, Malik Willis, who can throw seventy plus yards down the field and say, "Well, we're not going to start him." No. You go get him with the expectation that he is going to be a starter, regardless of who you already have there. It doesn't look good, but you know that if you don't, now you got to explain. That's why with with Pittsburgh, it's so it's it's a big question. Is okay, what are you thinking? You know, but that's where they stand out because they didn't do what everybody else expected. San Francisco, if they believe so much in Trey Lance, and he lays an egg, or he doesn't turn out to be who they thought he is. Now you got to explain to Jimmy G, who may be out the door next season anyways, and to everybody else what you were thinking. What did you see in Trey Lance that you didn't see in Jimmy G? Well, if Trey Lance falters, then you have to bring Jimmy G back. If Jimmy G wins, you have to re-sign him because that's right. all, he all he does is win. Uh, but you have to bring him in, then you're going to have to trade Trey Lance. I just don't understand this eagerness to automatically anoint these young guys. Man, it's a publicity move, man. The but NFL, it, okay, has the okay that has the NFL become just a publicity? Yep, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm about to say. It's it's all about looking good in the media and then getting people to so to are the watch days you of teams just wanting to win. Over. It's not a football move. That's what I'm saying. It's it's. It's no longer a football move. It's all about publicity. Well, they got money. The Cowboys. Jerry Jones has been saying for years, we want a Super Bowl. I no, want a Super Bowl. No, Jerry it. Jones wants more money. So he, he wants does. to stay in the news. Yeah. And so it's a, it's, there, are, there are a lot of publicity stunts that are going on in football, and only a few teams are standing up to the challenge and holding up to the challenge and staying true to who they are. It's not that many... Uh, I hate to say, you know, Dallas Cowboys is my team, but the Cow Dallas Cowboys publicity stunt. Um, let's see, uh, UT publicity stunt, uh, uh, LSU publicity stunt. All these teams, it's not about anything that has to do with the players and wanting to be a good football team, but it's all about how many fans or people can we get to follow us, to look at us, to watch us. And how how much money can we make off of this? Unless you're Alabama or Georgia. That's yeah. like the only teams out there. Because Alabama and Georgia, they don't need the publicity stunt. They let their plane talk for themselves. Yeah. I, it just, it, I don't understand why Jimmy G's either not starting in San Francisco or hasn't been trained. Yeah. I, I, that blew my mind. So there was an interesting report by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk in which he states that the reason... Um, talking about backups, by the way. The reason that Cam Newton is not signed today is because he refuses to go anywhere as the backup. Mm. Cam Newton's done. His career okay. is over. So, okay, so that starts the question. He 
he was one of the first among the quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So, oh man. So, what happens when those guys go bad? They're probably singing the same boat. They think that they're starters. Cam Newton. And Lamar Jackson can be brought in. Because, I mean, yeah, Cam, well, yeah. used to, Cam was Lamar before Lamar ever existed. Yeah, not as fast, but just as much as a, a able. Same, same mindset. I'm yeah. just going to run the ball. And, yeah, and, and he can make people miss and do all these yeah. pretty looking things in the, on the field. But uh, Cam Newton. But are we okay? His mentality on the game now is a lot different. I mean, it may not be because I didn't really watch him, but you can tell he believes he's better than what he really is. And he now he thinks he's the old Cam Newton. Cam Newton today could be a quality backup. He could win oh, you yeah. two or three games. He could hold you, hold his own while somebody's waiting or out or whatever. But with guys like him refusing to be backups. You got Jimmy G who really don't want to be a backup. You've got other guys who don't want to be backups anymore. Are the days of quality backups gone? Are we going to get to a point where the only guys that are backups are the guys who really just aren't good enough to be straight corners? Yes. I, they're not there anymore because even, 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 and I say this about Dallas Cowboys don't have a backup quarterback. Did they even? I, I was looking They. I, I think they signed Will Greer back, back. to the practice, practice squad and. Uh, maybe Cooper. Cooper I hope they did not do that. But if they did, that's them. I was looking on the deal for Cooper. I, I remember now seeing the deal with Greer. They did bring him back. Yeah, I really Rush thought was still under negotiation. I don't yeah. know if they wind up bringing him. I hope not. Yeah, I and and then uh, Ben DiNucci maybe brought maybe was brought no, back. No, you didn't say that right. Ben DiNucci. Okay, well Ben DiNucci <laughs> was brought. No, back. you got to add the Mario deal. DiNucci. I'm not doing that. No, that's your. That's your. Technique. I'm hey, not, uh, listen, that's a Mario name. Ben Danucci. <laughs> but in, anyways, Get I the think they brought I him back. Mustache. I think he'll attract people. <laughs> he hey, it's own, all about a, a publicity stuff. He stuff. has his own brand too. It's called True Blunt. True brand. Uh but anyways, uh, that's not pro- for promoting purposes. Um <laughs> Yeah, I had to say that. that's not for promoting purposes. Uh, maybe in the future, if you listen to this, uh, Ben Danucci, you know, I, Ben I, Danucci. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you have a great brand. I look, <laughs> I look forward to buying uh, from your brand one day. True brand. Uh, yeah, hey, true you brand. Sponsor the show. Go ahead. Yeah, but um, I, I think they brought him. I hope they bring him back. Um, he has a lot of potential. He he with some work, he can be gr- he could be great. Um, maybe not you know in staying with Dallas, maybe on somewhere else, but. Uh, He's got potential. Yeah, he has potential. But Cooper Rush, man, I don't know what to tell you, man. You're up and then you're It's it's time to move on. Yeah. They've tried. It didn't work. I hope Will Greer, I feel he should have been the backup quarterback, but they didn't, obviously. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. Uh, And then kind of wrapping the show up here with NBA news. Not a lot. The Lakers making a few moves. Lebanon James, yep. Uh, Still... (laughs) Still holding on to Russell Westbrook for now. We'll see. That's that's it. And then the (laughs) the other situation that's interesting to me is Brooklyn. And here's why Brooklyn's interesting. It's quiet. (laughs) Because they've been in the news all summer. Exactly. We've heard nothing about the NBA other than Brooklyn all summer long. And now all of a sudden nobody wants to talk. Are you (laughs) telling me that all of a sudden 
after months of wanting out, kicking and screaming, fire the coach, get rid of the GM, I'm not coming back, that Kevin Durant's just going, okay. I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. What was the agreement? Who sold their soul to the devil? And then, you're telling me that after all the verbal bouquets that got thrown out to LeBron about I never should have left Cleveland, I, I regret what I did, you know, I mean, pretty much on his knees begging LeBron to forgive him for his past sins, <laughs> and now Kyrie's just like, I'm staying. I'm staying. <laughs> I, like, that was the biggest scam <laughs> in NBA because you had everybody on the edge of their seats all summer long. Where the heck is Ky- is Kyrie going? Kyrie's going to the Lakers, man. Oh, it's another LeBron and Kyrie duo about to meet up again. Where's KD about to go back to K- uh, Golden State? About to win some more. And all of a sudden, the point that he's making up with uh, uh, Green, you know. Yeah, and then it's like Draymond and all. Yeah, and then know. it's like. We're gonna stay. We if that was the, yeah, uh, what would you get <laughs> if you were gonna stay? You knew you was gonna stay in the first place. Just say that. Don't spend all summer long for the media. I, but I don't know that that's what's going on. Is they it? had to have offered them something. That, that's something or, a part of that deal that made them say, "Okay, we're interesting in staying maybe another year and seeing what happens." But what was it? But Brooklyn's not gonna be that good. I say it was something to do because if they don't like Steve Nash, I don't know why. Because the guys won championships. Kevin wanted Steve hired. Durant yeah. asked them to hire Nash. Nash was Durant's guy. See, this goes back to the player empowerment in the NBA. They get to pick the coach. They get to pick the players, and then when it doesn't turn out the way they want, okay, get rid of them all. But I mean that. Okay, so that goes back. So it goes to: Are there any more true owners? That aren't just gonna say, I don't care what you want. This is for the betterment of the team, or it, it, everything is. It's like, okay, we're gonna do what you want because you are our quote unquote star player. KD's not the star player of the Nets. Well, KD is a front runner who takes teams' money and then leaves. Well, apparently, he can't be trusted. So <laughs> he can't be trusted. Kyrie's a joke. And then you brought in Ben Simmons, who doesn't even want to play. And play for two whole seasons. He hurt his back by doing nothing. And then, yeah, uh, he hurt his back <laughs> sitting on the bench. But, I don't understand but that. Kyrie, I say this about Kyrie. Kyrie is too daggum good to be what he to be doing what he's doing right now. But Kyrie, okay, this goes back to just because a guy can play doesn't mean he wants to play. You don't think Kyrie wants to play? Not full-time. I think Kyrie likes to play for stretches at a time, and then he wants to take some days off. Kind of like uh, you know, different players have done, and he did it where, let me go have a break. And and I don't know. He's he's involved in other things. Like, he, you know, he's got that flat earth theory that he likes to talk about on different podcasts. He's got some philanthropy things that he would like to try. Like, he's been vocal about that, right? Yeah. He's not one of those guys that it's, if I don't play, for, for instance, Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan didn't play basketball, Michael Jordan was going to be, I mean, he would have died in his sleep at some point of just boredom, right? Yeah. If Magic Johnson had not played basketball, he wouldn't have known what to do. There's guys that that's what they've done, right? Yeah. Kyrie is not that guy. He's got things outside of basketball. LeBron James has things outside of basketball. When they when you do that, you open the door for not being all in all the time, right? 
Yeah. And that's kind of where Kyrie is. I think Kyrie's okay with playing, but I don't think he wants to make the commitment to have to play every All game. All the time, yeah. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But you have to make work out some kind of deal to make that happen, but I don't think that's going to happen because no, I mean, it's the NBA. That's not what they signed you for. To you're like say, oh, that's I, your full-time job. Yeah, that, I mean, that's your career as of now unless you retire and go find and get into another career. But you can't just say, "Oh, I want, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to sit this one out, or I'm going to play this game." They have a great game, and then next game, I don't feel like you can't do that. That's, that's bad where, on your team. But that's where Kyrie's at at this point. But I think that's why. Okay, so so with Katie, would you say he isn't reliable? He's not a reliable teammate then. I don't think KD... KD I, went there also for Kyrie, you know? Right, and they went... I think if you're KD, I think KD looks back and says, why did I leave Golden State? Oh, yeah, I believe so, too. I, and I well, there was think no reasonable, what, There was no justifiable reason for him to leave Golden to State. To leave. He went there to pick off an easy championship. He got what he wanted out of the deal. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have to leave. I understand there was a little bit of friction with Draymond. You could have worked past that. In fact, I mean, he started throwing verbal bouquets out Draymond's way, right? And he says, hey, if I just stayed, we would have won three or four more championships. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You chose to leave. But I think I think if you're, if you're KD, you're looking around going, okay, this didn't work out. You know, I, I don't like the coach for whatever reason. I don't like the coach. I want to try to run the team. I don't like the GM. I want to run that part of it. Kyrie promised me this, but now he's sitting every other night, or yeah. two or three nights in a row. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play basketball. What am I doing? You know, this isn't this isn't a super team that I asked for, or, or wanted to be a right. part of. And if you're if you're Brooklyn. And, Ke- and Durant, remember, famously said he wouldn't play with LeBron. Yeah. But if you're uh if you're Brooklyn, you're looking at this situation and saying, okay, you have three guys. You have the head coach and two players. Uh, four, if you want to add Ben Simmons in there. What are we going to do with them for the next season? Now, either you, you're going to move pieces around to be able to keep Kyrie and and uh, KD on the same team and possibly let Steve Nash go for the betterment of just, you know, for the sake of them. But does that okay? And but then does trade that make Ben Kyrie, Simmons or cut him or do whatever you're going to do with but him. But does that make Kyrie want to play more? I, I don't think it matters where At this Kyrie point, goes. Okay, so Kyrie is the only one that's in question. Because uh, the only one that truly gets pacified by you letting go of Steve Nash is Kevin Durant. Yeah. But Kevin Durant on his own is not going to win a championship. I don't know. I, okay, but see, that's another thing. You make a you. Do you satisfy Kyrie? By saying, okay, we're going to give you like a, Le- and I believe like a LeBron deal. That's where you only play a certain amount of minutes or games. Uh, and as long as you stay and you're able to play an X amount of games, we'll let you take the time. Because if it's, if it's a mental thing, they'll let them take that time. We'll let you take X amount of days away from the game. But you have to play X amount of games in order for this deal to fall, you know, to, to hold up. Because 
if you're paying this guy millions and millions of dollars, you're not. He can't sit 36 of the 72, 73 games or what, or 80 something yeah. games. He can't do that. You have to. There has to be a balance. So, do you find that balance with Kyrie, or do you say, "I'm sorry, Kyrie, we're, we're we can't do that. You but have to you, find somewhere else to but go." But if you move on from Kyrie, you got to move on from KD. Yeah, because that's the only Kyrie. At, the way it stands, Kyrie is the glue to this whole to both sides. If if I'm Brooklyn, okay, you're gonna have to hit the reset button on this thing at some point. But if you really want to know what you have in, in Steve Nash, Steve Nash as your head coach, you're gonna have to get rid of Kyrie. You're gonna have to get rid of Kevin. You're gonna have to get rid of Ben Simmons. And you're going to have to say, okay, here's a young team. Let's see what you're like as a coach. Not based off of wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Let's just see how you can manage your team. Let's see your X's and O's. Let's see your game clock, man, all those things. Evaluate, is Steve Nash your guy? If he is, then start asking him, okay, what stars do you want? Not not the other way around, right? Yeah. Let him build his team. But if you get rid of Nash, now you've got to pacify Kyrie. Now you got to... To justify it, you're gonna have to keep the players. Yeah, I think for Brooklyn as a organization moving forward, the best move would be to get rid of the players, let Nash have a season to kind of see what he's worth, and then go from there. You're gonna have to. Hit the well, that does button. seem like the best option. Uh, and there are players out there. I, I mean, yes. you have uh, D'Angelo Russell. Who's been up on the trade block a couple mm-hmm. of times? You have uh, Russell Westbrook. What Russell Westbrook? You have uh, Jordan Clarkson. Who I believe they are in talks with him heading back to L.A. Um, so you have players like that that are out there, and we all know Steve Nash is legendary. He's a great player, uh, great coach as well. Yes. I don't see what the issue is with with KD, but he is no doubt that he can coach. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Cleaning house with Katie and Kyrie may be the best move for Brooklyn. I, I yeah. agree with you on that. It may be the best move for them because you're never going to know what you have if you have two players like that that are holding everybody else up, and along with Ben Simmons. But it goes back to what I've said. The player empowerment has got to stop. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and that may be it. That may be why. Yeah, Steve Nash may be that like, hey, this is my team. You know, I run things here. You're just a player. You you listen. You do what I tell you to do. And if you you don't have a lot of coaches, it seems like now nowadays that are like that. You know, um, they're a dime a dozen. Uh, it's just it's 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 weird that way. But that's just what it is nowadays. I mean, and Le- LeBron has become notorious for it. Say, I want this player, uh, or I want this coach. I want to. Have my hands on this, and it's ruined the game of basketball. Really, uh, it's frustrating to watch because now it's like, well, that gummit. I mean, you're building your whole franchise around this player who may not even be here, be there the next season. You know, yeah. it might decide like, oh, I want to up and leave. I want to go somewhere else. You can't do that. Then you're stuck out dry because you put everything into into this one player. And they leave you high and dry. That's why I say, apparently, KD can't be trusted. <laughs> so a lot, a lot still to watch on that front. 
Uh, and we'll be keeping up with all those storylines. As far as Major League Baseball, no big, uh, huge major storylines. If you're a Rangers fan, we just got to get to the end of the year, <laughs> see who the manager's going to be, see what direction that we're going to take. I think we still have a lot of potential next year to now finally take that step into contention. We're going to have to add some starting pitching, shore up some things in the bullpen. But we've got the makings of a good team. And and so just just bear with it to the end of the year. Let's take a deep breath. See where we're at. They're in the construction. They're under construction. But, but like they're the, towards the end of the construction. Yeah. Phase. And, and so I think there's still a lot to look forward to. Hey, hey, you know the Dallas the Dallas teams are like the Dallas City. Every time you go to Dallas, something's it's, under construction. Something's under construction. Something's being remodeled or rebuilt or put in. Uh, I don't think Tony Beasley's the answer at manager. Like him. Great baseball guy. He's not going to be the manager, I don't think, moving forward. But let's just see see what direction that the, the franchise takes. Well, there it is. It's good old sports. Hope you've enjoyed uh, the episode. Be looking for more content from us throughout the week. Again, we plan to be at the Dangerfield-Timson game. Yes, sir. Be looking for highlights for, from that. And uh, other content moving forward from good old sports. Uh, have a great evening.